Recording live from Studio Shanto, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to The Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, in the house with the uh, very um, torpish. Tyler Dean. Very terrific. Tyler <laughs> Dean. I'm having a good night tonight. A little torpish, I think. It was a good week of football. It was a very good week of football. Very exciting. All the right teams won? Uh, not, not true. That's false. <laughs> That's very false. All uh, the right teams won. Uh, very false. What I will tell you is that uh, this, this week was a weird one. What a weird week. It was a good week in football, but it was a weird week in football. Very exciting week, though. It's been a weird season in football. Yeah, yeah, a lot of lot of stuff going on. I I, I got to tell you, I am um, just flabbergasted by a, a lot of the stuff that went on this past week. Uh, quarterback changes and blowouts and upsets. And I, I just, I can't believe the the level of ridiculousness that that we've hit in the NFL just in week three of the 2018 season absolutely ridiculous absolutely crazy um but first things first Tyler we got some scores to get to here so with that let's get to our week three NFL scores starting out this week, the Jets and the Browns in the Thursday Night Football Classic. Baker Mayfield winds up coming into the game. The Cleveland Browns win the game 21-17 over the New York Jets. Uh, the Browns get their first win in in over, what, 500, 600 days? Uh, something like that. Yeah, some ridiculous number. Uh, Baker Mayfield comes into the game, though, after Tyrod Taylor throw it goes an abysmal 4 for 14 for 19 yards. Baker Mayfield comes in 17 for 23, 201 yards. Leads the Browns to a victory uh, uh, in one half of football. Carlos Hyde, 23 carries for 98 yards. He had both the touchdowns on the day. And Jarvis Landry had eight receptions for 103 yards for the Browns. For the Jets, Sam Darnold had another rough outing, 15 uh, 15 for 31, 169, two interceptions. Uh, Bilal Powell had himself an all right night, 14 carries for 73 yards. And Quincy Inunua led the team in receiving four receptions for 57 yards as the Browns get their first win over the New York Jets. Tyler, what you got for me? The Buffalo Bills and the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, you stop. The Buffalo Bills win this game 27-6. It was a spanking. Buffalo Bills are now 1-2, and and the Vikings are 1-1-1. And and one, one. golly. Josh Allen goes 15-22, for 196 yards and a touchdown. Chris Ivory had 20 carries on 56 yards. It was Josh Allen who actually had two more touchdowns on the run, 39 yards. Chris Ivory led the team with three receptions, 70 yards. But it was really the defense that they, they just kept that offense in check the entire game. Yeah, they did. It, it, they had nothing. Just short fields for the Buffalo all game long. Vikings were starting from deep in their territory. They didn't even get into the red zone until the final three minutes of that game. And on the, on the Vikings side, Kirk Cousins went 40 for 55. Threw the ball 55 times. Mm-hmm. For only 296 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, Mike Boone led the team with two or with two carries. Yeah, two carries. And yards. The Vikings ran a grand total of four running plays during that game. Just horrible. Well, six if you <clears> know Cousins. Yeah, I, I mean four scripted running plays. Let's let's be yes. real here. 
And at receiving, Adam Thielen was the only silver lining of this team with 14 receptions, 105 yards. Kyle Rudolph got the, got the only touchdown of the game. Yep, sole touchdown. What do you got? Uh, the New York Giants win 27-22 over the Houston Texans. The Giants advance to 1-2. and two. The Texans are sitting at 0-3. J.J. Watt goes on the record as saying, losing sucks. Uh, Eli Manning, 25 for 29, 297 yards, two touchdowns. Saquon Barkley goes 17, 17 carries for 82 yards and a TD. Odell Beckham finally opened it up a little bit. Nine receptions, 109 yards. Sterling Shepard also had himself a nice little game. Six receptions for 80 yards and a touchdown. Over on the Texan side, Deshaun Watson, 24 for 40, 385, two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Will Fuller led the team in uh, receiving with five receptions for 101 yards and a touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins also had himself a nice little game. Six receptions for 86 yards. Uh, he did not reach the end zone in that game. Tyler, what you got for me? Green Bay Packers and the Washington Redskins. The Red, Redskins win 31-17. The Redskins go are now 2-1, and, and the Packers are now 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Aaron Rodgers went 27-44, 265 yards and two touchdowns. Aaron Jones on the team for rushing with six carries and 42 yards. And Geronimo Allison had two receptions of 76 yards and a touchdown. On the Redskins side, Alex Smith went 12 for 20, 220 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Adrian Peterson had 19 carries, 120 yards and two touchdowns. It's hard to say which Adrian Peterson you're going to get from a weekly basis. You never really know. Vernon Davis had two receptions and 70 yards to lead the team, but it was Paul Richardson. Uh, James and Crowder, who each had touchdowns in this game. Yep. On you. And the Kansas City Chiefs topped out the San Francisco 49ers this week, 38-27. Jimmy G, 20 for 32, 51, two touchdowns. Uh, Matt Breida, 10, re- or 10 carries for 90 yards. Jimmy G did tear his ACL in this game. Alfred Morris also saw some field time, 14 carries, 67 yards, and a touchdown. Um, George Kittle, once again, leaves the te- leads the team in receiving. Five receptions for 79 yards. For the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, 24 for 38, 314 yards, three touchdowns. His great year continues. Kareem Hunt, 18 carries, 44 yards, two touchdowns for him. And Travis Kelsey had himself a nice little game, eight receptions for 114 yards. Sammy Watkins got some catches here too, five receptions, 55 yards, and a touchdown. Tyler, hit me. Oakland Raiders and the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins go up 28-20. The Raiders fall to 0-3. And the Dolphins go up to 3 and 0. Derek Carr went 27 for 39, 345 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Marshawn Lynch had 19 carries and 64 yards and a touchdown. And Jordy Nelson went off this game at six receptions, 173 yards, and a touchdown. Biggest game of the year receiving wise. Oh, yeah. And on the Dolphins side, Ryan Tannehill went 17 for 23, 289 yards, and three touchdowns. A good game there for Ryan Tannehill there. Yeah, rushing. He also led the team in rushing yards with, with 26 yards and three carries. Frank Gore saw the most um, rushing action in front from the running back position with six carries and 12 yards. Not a good day for the running backs. Not at all. Um, receiving end up, Albert Wilson had the most yards with two receptions, 74 yards, and a touchdown. But it was Jakeem Grant who had two receptions, 70 yards, and two touchdowns. Kenny Stills also saw another touchdown in this game. What do you got? The Philadelphia Eagles squeaked by the Indianapolis Colts 20 to 16. Uh, for the Colts, Andrew Luck, 25 for 40, 164 yards, one touchdown. Jacoby Bursett did get on the field just for a one last Hail Mary pass right at the end of the game. Andrew Luck also had, uh, he led the team in rushing, one carry for 33 yards. Jordan Wilkins also had six carries for 19 yards. Receiving-wise, T.Y. Hilton, 
Five receptions for 50 yards. Ryan Grant, three for 35 and touchdown. Over on the Eagles side, Carson Wentz, 25 for 37, 255 and a touchdown and, and one interception. And a true running back by committee feel over in Philadelphia there. Clory Clement led the team in carries, 16 carries for 56 yards. And Wendell Smallwood, 10 carries for 56 yards and a touchdown. Josh Adams and Carson Wentz also had rushing yardage on the game. Adams had 30 yards, Wentz had 10, so a true running back by committee. Uh, Dallas Goder. Goder? Is that his name? Goder? Kind of reminds me of Gogert. Dallas Goder. Dallas Goder leads the team in, in receiving seven receptions, 73 yards, and a touchdown. Zach Ertz, five receptions, 73 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, for the Eagles. Tyler, what you got for me? In a very exciting game, we have the uh, Tennessee Titans go up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Titans go up 9-6. to six. No touchdown scored. Uh, Both teams leave the game 2-1. Marcus Mariota went 12 for 18, 100 yards. Derek Henry led the team with 18 carries and 57 yards. And Corey Davis had the, had the most yards with two receptions and 34 yards. No touchdowns. None. None at all. On the Jacksonville side, Blake Bortles went 21 for 34, 155 yards. T.J. Yeldon led the team rushing with seven carries and 44 yards. Not too bad in a, in a four-net average <coughs> there. But T.J. Yeldon also led the team in receiving yards with, with six receptions and 46 yards. No touchdowns. None. Just, uh, <laughs> Just none. Field goal game. Just none. What do you got? It's a snooze fest. Anyway, uh, Carolina Panthers topped the Cincinnati Bengals 31 to 21. Uh, Andy Dalton had himself a decent little game, 29 for 46, 352, and two touchdowns until he got to the four interceptions, which was just miserable. Uh, Giovanni Bernard, 12 carries, 61 yards, and a touchdown. Tyler Boyd led the team in, uh, uh, actually, there's a group of Tylers. Tyler Boyd and Tyler Eifert both had themselves nice games. Tyler Boyd, six receptions, 132 yards, and a touchdown. Tyler Eifert, six receptions, 74 yards. He didn't manage to make it in the end zone, however. Over on the Panthers' side, Cam Newton, 15 for 24, 150 yards, two touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey, monster game, 28 carries, 184 yards, true workhorse for that team. Devin Funches got four receptions for 67 yards and a touchdown as the Panthers topped the Bengals 31-21. Tyler, what you got for me? The Denver Broncos and the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens go up 27-14. Both teams lead 2-1. The Ravens were on a 27-0 run in points. After the first quarter, the Denver Broncos did not score any points. Case Keenum went 22-34, 192 yards and an interception. Royce Freeman led the team with 13 carries and 53 yards and a touchdown due to Philip Lindsay leading the game for throwing punches. Ugh. At receiving, Demarius Thomas led the team with 5 receptions, 63 yards. On the Ravens side, Joe Flacco went 25 for 40, 277 yards, and a touchdown. And Alex Collins had 18 carries, 68 yards, and a touchdown. And continuing to spread the ball, Joe Flacco went through his receiving core. John Brown led the team with five receptions, 86 yards. And Michael Crabtree had seven receptions and 61 yards. Fun games for them. Oh, yeah. Right through the air there. What do you got? The uh, New Orleans Saints win a shootout with the Atlanta Falcons, 43-37. Drew Brees goes 39 for 49, 396 yards and three touchdowns. Alvin Kamara, 16 carries for 66 yards. And Michael Thomas, 10 receptions, 129 yards, as well as Alvin Kamara had 15 receptions for 124 yards. Ben Watson also got to see some, uh, gets a, uh, some receiving time there. Five receptions, 71 yards. On the Falcons' side, Matt Ryan, 26 for 35, 374, five touchdowns on the day, and three of them 
went to Calvin Ridley, who had seven receptions for 146 yards. Julio Jones also had five receptions for 96 yards. The two other touchdown passes went to Mohamed Sanu and Tevin Coleman. Tyler, what you got? The Los Angeles Rams beat the Los Angeles Chargers. 35-23. Rams go to 3-0. The Chargers dropped to 1-2. I thought they were the San Diego Chargers. No, you didn't. <laughs> Phillip Rivers had 18-30, 226 yards and two touchdowns. While uh, Melvin Gordon had 15 carries and 80 yards and a touchdown. Good little game there. Mike Williams led the team in receiving with four receptions and 81 yards and two touchdowns. On the Rams side, Jared Goff continues to just do what he needs to do. 29-36, 354 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Todd Gurley led the team with 23 carries, 105 yards, and a touchdown. But he also had five, five, uh, five receptions and 51 yards through the air. But Robert Woods was the story here through the air with 10 receptions, 104 yards, and two touchdowns. What do you got? Uh, the Chicago Bears topped the Arizona Cardinals in a low-scoring game, 16-14. Mitch Trubisky, 24 for 35, 220 yards and, a and an interception, rather. Jordan Howard, 24 carries for 61 yards and a touchdown. And Tariq Cohen, 5 carries for 53 yards. He didn't hit the end zone, though. Uh, Receiving-wise, Trey Burton and Allen Robinson both had themselves nice little games. Burton with 4 receptions for 55 yards. Robinson with 3 for 50 over on the Cardinals side, Sam Bradford, 13 for 19, 157 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Josh Rosen winds up coming in the game, and he will be their new starter. Four for seven, 36 yards. He did throw an interception in that game. Uh, running game didn't really get going. David Johnson led the team with 12 carries for 31 yards. Christian Kirk, seven receptions, 90 yards. Ricky Seals-Jones made it in the end zone on one reception for 35 yards. And... David Johnson did get some receiving out of that backfield. Four receptions for 30 yards and a touchdown. Tyler, hit me. Seattle Seahawks beat the Dallas Cowboys 24-13. Both teams are now 1-2. Dak Prescott had 19-34, 168 yards, one touchdown, two picks. Ezekiel Elliott was the, goal, was the shining star here. 16 carries, 127 yards. It's a 7.9-yard average. Great game. Joff Swam had five receptions and 47 yards to lead the team. Is it Swam or is it Swaim? Eh, is it S W A I? I thought it was Swaim. Swaim, I think probably. Yeah, yeah I, I, I thought it was Swaim. I wasn't sure though. Eh, it doesn't matter. Maybe I'm missing something. It's the Cowboys. Yeah, it's just the Cowboys. Russell Wilson on, on, on the Seahawks side with 16 for 26, 192 yards, two touchdowns. Chris Carson had another good game with 32 carries, 102 yards, and a touchdown. Tyler Lockett had four receptions, 77 yards, and a touchdown. Jaron Brown also had a touchdown through the air as well. What do you got? The Detroit Lions. They go and upset the New England Patriots at home. Matt Stafford, 26 for 36, 262, two touchdowns. He did have an interception in that game. Carryon Johnson breaks the under 100 curse, finally gets 100 yards rushing, 16 carries, 101 yards. LeGarrette Blunt, 16 carries for 48 yards on that game. Golden Tate had six receptions for 69 yards. He did not make it in the end zone, but Marvin Jones did, going four receptions for 69 yards and one touchdown. Kenny Galladay also got in the end zone, six receptions for 53 yards. Over on the Patriots side, just an abysmal game, a non-Brady-like game. 14 for 26, 133, one touchdown, one interception. Sony Michael, 14 carries for 50 yards. And Rob Gronkowski led the team with receptions, four receptions for 51 yards. Tyler, last one of the night. 
Monday Night Football, the Steelers and the Buccaneers. The Steelers go up 30-27. to The Steelers are now 1-1-1, one, one, and, one, and the Buccaneers are now 2-1. and one. Ben, ben Roethlisberger went 30-38, 353 yards, 3 touchdowns, and a pick. James Conner had 15 carries and 61 yards. Juju Smith-Schuster continues to impress with 116 yards and 9 receptions. Vance McDonald had 4 receptions, 112 yards, and a touchdown, and a very massive stiff arm. Yeah, that was brutal. That was brutal. <laughs> Antonio Brown also had 50 yards and 6 receptions and a touchdown. Brian Switzer also had a touchdown for the Steelers. On the, on the Buccaneers' side, Ryan Fitzpatrick went 30 for 50, 411 yards, 3 touchdowns, 3 interceptions. Peyton Barber had 8 carries and 33 yards, and Ryan Fitzpatrick also ran the ball 5 times for 27 yards. Mike Evans led the team at receiving with 6 receptions, 137 yards. Chris Godwin also had five receptions and 74 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Evans got a touchdown too, but I didn't know, mention that. I don't know if you did. Nope, Evans got a touchdown too. Um, Cameron Braid also had a touchdown on three receptions and 34 yards. And that scores. That's the scores for the day. Well, let, before before we uh, uh, get to our predictions, Tyler, what are we at score-wise? But like as far as uh, mining your records here, what are we at? Well, this is later, but... Um, no, well, I'm, I'm excited because I want to see if I came back. You did. Did I? I had a bad week. Yeah! The current score is I am at 24, 22, and 2, and you are at 23, 23, and 2. See, I knew it wouldn't last forever. I was down, what, four games last time? But but let's let's uh, let's uh not hide from the fact that both these scores are, are terrible. We're awful. Well, this year's been weird. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a weird game. Uh, it's, your beard is weird, too, by the way. Ah, I hear you, MGK. Anyway, um, so let's, uh, let's, let, let's go over uh, right over to your favorite segment of the day, Tyler. Your favorite segment. We, we haven't main-evented it in a while. We're not going to main-event it this time either. Um, but, it, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time for Tyler's Top Ten. Right. We're going yeah. to keep it going. The same thing we've done the last few weeks is going top 10 performances. Yeehaw. But I'm going to throw some honorable mentions out this week again. Yeah, honorable mentions? I feel like you're. it's like a cheating thing, kind of. Eh, I guess. <laughs> but just, there's just so many good performances. You don't, you don't want to leave anybody out. Yeah, there, there were some very, very good ones this week. I'll, I'll give so, that to you. So, uh, so honorable mentions here. Two that I wish could really make the top 10, but just, just missed out. They both had very similar stat lines. Mike Evans with his six receptions, 137 yards, and a touchdown. Mm. Not to be barely um, almost outmatched by Tyler Boyd with six receptions, 132 yards, and a touchdown. Woo. Two very good performances there. Yeah, fantastic. Baker Mayfield just missed my top 10 just for the sake of not playing a full game, but the, the happy play, 17 for 23, 201 yards. Ooh. You got you got you got to give the kid credit. Yep, absolutely. And then uh, Broncos special teams. While the scoreboard won't show it, what the Broncos did do on special teams, uh, they they blocked a punt and they blocked a field goal. Wow! The Ravens. That, that, wow, that's that's pretty. Uh, you, they always say if you, I, I mean, it doesn't always win, but it doesn't, doesn't always mean you're going to win. But like when you do well on special teams, that your chances you win in the football game are pretty high. Absolutely. Yep. And it, it, it's a credit to to Ravens defense and pre- preventing that later on. But you, you normally you you hope to get a, a block once every. Few well, few games is still pretty pretty generous. You get one or two a year, right? Let alone getting two in one game. Yeah, yeah, two in one game. Jesus. And then my last honorable mention. Sorry, Scott. The entire 
Buffalo Bills defense. Yeah, they played good ball. Just I can't even be mad about wrecked it. The uh, supposedly potent Vikings offense. Yeah. Now going into the actual top ten. Oh yeah, here we go. And and now, now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Tyler's top ten. All right. Yeah. Number ten. Ezekiel Elliott um, showing his face on my list for the first time this year. Zeke, big Zeke, man. He rocked it. 16 carries and 127 yards. Great average there. 7.9, as I mentioned earlier. He had, he had himself a game. Yeah, and, and you know what got me kind of about, about the Zeke thing is, is he had himself such a good game, but he actually um, blamed himself for the loss. Hey, that's kind of where I went my team. Yeah, hey, you know, he, he blamed himself for the loss. He said, we got to go out there and execute better. Um, and and he, he put put that on his on his own shoulders there. I, I'm, I'm impressed with Ezekiel Elliott, and, and I'm impressed with his attitude. I'm impressed with him as a team player. Just balls to the wall. I mean, awesome, awesome stuff from Zeke. That's, that's a team player right there. That's a guy. That is a franchise player. Absolutely. I got a lot of there's this week's had a lot of new faces on it. It's pretty pretty impressive. Yeah, you, we we changed it up a little bit this week because of the the uh, uh, because of the the I mean you had you had uh, just like a shift almost in week three. Teams were were winning out of nowhere and players were emerging. It was like what is happening? Crazy stuff. But number nine is the face we've seen here before. Okay. That's Drew Brees. Drew Brees. I mean, I feel like we're going to be talking about Drew Brees every week. Oh, yeah. 30, 39 for 49, 396 yards, three touchdowns. For all intents and purposes, he, he could be higher on this list. And to rephrase that. For all intents and purposes. There we go. Thank you. He could be higher on this list. He could be. Great quarterback rating, though. Oh, yeah. 120.7. I mean, it doesn't match his so far season high against the Bucks. He had a 129.5 against the Bucks. Huge, huge game, though. 396, three touchdowns, 120.7. He had a 79% completion percentage. I mean, can't really be mad at it. And and he took on a very good Falcons team, too, and, and wound up topping them. So, I mean, you know. And uh, he was also named the uh, NFC Player of the Week for that performance. Yeah. So you got to love that. Oh, yeah. Number eight, Robert Woods. Ooh. Ten receptions, 104 yards, two touchdowns. He's emerging to be uh, golf's favorite target there because you know whose name you're not hearing is Brandon Cooks. He's, he's becoming the number one guy. Uh, ten receptions, 104. He had a long of 22 yards. I mean, he, he's becoming his favorite target. He's he's Robert Woods has always been a, a really solid, big-bodied receiver, and, and he's always had good hands. He didn't get a fair shake in Buffalo. Now he comes out to the Rams, and he's just been lighting the world on fire. Um, not so much in week one, but when he got into week two, I mean, he had six for 81. Now he's got 10 for 104 and two touchdowns. I I feel like this guy is just going to, I mean, maybe it takes him a minute to warm up. I don't know, but he's he's getting there, and uh, he's maturing as a receiver, so you got to love that. Number seven, Alvin Kamara. Ooh, big game. Um, he had on in the ground. He had 16 carries and 66 yards. Yep. Through the air, he had 15 receptions on 124 yards. That's 190 yards scrimmage. 
It's insane. Big game. Just didn't get in the end zone. No, it didn't get in the end zone. He gets in the end zone. You're making a case for uh, number one. Number I think. One. Yeah, I think, I think you're making that case. If he got into the end zone even one time, I, I'd be going, that eh, might be your, your player of the week here. Um, huge day from scrimmage from him. He was the guy opening up everything for Drew Brees. I love Alvin Kamara. I think he's he's going to be the next big thing in this league. Do I, I I think he's a better change of pace back than even Reggie Bush was, and and I I'm just I'm super excited to see how this guy develops over time. You know, eventually he's going to be taking that that number one spot from Ingram um, as as the team starting running back. I and I, I can't wait till that happens because you know that he is just going to blow up, um, and he's so elusive. He's so fast. Gotta love Alvin Kamara. I'm all about it. Number six, Todd Gurley. Oh, what else is new? Todd Gurley, um, much like Kamara, 23 carries on 105 yards and a touchdown, and five receptions on 51 yards. That's that's almost 160 yard scrimmage. He gets the nod over Kamara because he got in the end zone. Yep, and got the touchdowns, and that's the big thing. Uh, Gurley is, uh, I mean, he's. Probably one of the most versatile players in the game right now. He's probably, I, I would argue, he's probably the most explosive running back in the game. Um, I mean, he's just, he can catch, he can run, he can do it all, he can block. Uh, I like Todd Gurley, even though um, I'm going to hate him on Thursday. I love Todd Gurley. I think he's a hell of a runner, and I'm, um, I, I fully agree. I fully support you know, this guy being in your top ten almost every week, really. Todd Gurley is my favorite running back right now. Uh, I'm sure he is. Going to the top five, keeping the running back train. I really wanted to put Gurley over him, but for how um, few far in between yards have come this year on the ground, I had to put him there, and he, and he did did it in such little carries. Yeah. yeah. Adrian Peterson, Woo. 19 carries on 120 yards. Yep. Two touchdowns. Yeah, monster game for AP. Um. You know, you never know which AP is going to show up week to week. Uh, 26 attempts, 96 yards, and a touchdown in week one. And then he has 11 carries for 20 yards in week two. And then this week he comes out 19 carries for 120 yards, two touchdowns. So you, you just don't know which AP is going to show up. Um, I, I feel like uh, he's going to be hit or miss from week to week to week. This week was a hell of a performance. Um, he didn't record a catch, but he had himself those two touchdowns and, and that that running average, that 6.3 average that he put up, just entertaining as all get out. Um, I really enjoy watching Adrian Peterson playing for the Redskins, and uh, I, I don't know, I, I don't know that Adrian Peterson is going to be sticking around with the Red, sticking around with the Redskins after this season. Um, but he's definitely making a case for himself to get some sort of contract extension. They win, if they win the division, he might. He, he might. They might just go and re-sign him. And, and uh, the man's 33 years old, but he's showing he's got a lot of uh, tread left on the tires. And, and you're talking about that average. Elliott had a, had a much better average than that, but he didn't get the touchdown. He, Elliott gets that touchdown with the 7.9 average, north of 100 yards. Elliott's in my top three. Yeah. Um, going to the number, top, top four, though, um, as much as I love players like Kamara and Gurley who are so dangerous on both sides of the ball, there's something to be said about a guy who's just a juggernaut on one end of it. And Jordy Nelson, six receptions, 173 yards in the air. Pops out of the wheelchair and suddenly the old man Jordy Nelson is putting up big numbers. And, and he got the touchdown, by the way. Yep, he, he shredded, shredded Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, I mean, the Raiders just exploited that 
mismatch all day long. It was it was a sight to see. Uh, Jordy Nelson, hell of a game. Um, I I mean, is is it the same type of performance that we're going to see every week out of Jordy Nelson? No. Um, is it the same type of performance that we see out of we saw out of Jordy Nelson in Green Bay? This one was, but the last two not so much. Uh, I mean, will we see this next next week? I mean, that is yet to be seen. But uh, for now, Jordy Nelson, huge week. Um, he did have the one fumble, which I'm, I'm sure is one of the reasons why he, he is where he is as opposed to higher. Um, but, uh, yeah, six receptions, 103, 173 yards and a touchdown. Huge game for the Jordy Nelson and the Raiders. Number three is the first player ever in the history of me doing my top ten for weekly performances. It's only really through three weeks, but... First player to ever be in the top three that didn't record a touchdown. Wow. Christian McCaffrey. Yeehaw, what a game. 28 carries at 184 yards. By far the best um, yards performance by any running back on the year. Especially with, we were talking about how few far in between yards are coming for running backs. We knew when Christian McCaffrey got, got drafted that he was an explosive kind of runner. And everybody was always talking about, you know, oh, he's just going to be a change of pace guy. He's going to put up a lot of fantasy points and whatever the hell else. He took the opportunity that, that the uh, Panthers handed him with those 28 attempts, and that was the most attempts he's had throughout his entire career, 184 yards. I mean, he just had a monster, monster performance, 6.6 average. Um, he showed that he's the workhorse of that team. And I think you believe if you believe – that, that Christian McCaffrey is a starter in this league at this point? Hell yeah, he is. And everybody should be looking at Christian McCaffrey going, why didn't we have this guy running all over the place earlier? And, and man, I'll tell you what, the Panthers had themselves a, a big win against the Bengals. So I love this. I, th- I think you're, you're exactly right. He's in the, exactly the right spot. This guy, if, he, if they let him go and they turn him loose and let him do what he's going to do, he's going to be elite rusher in this league. 100%. I almost had it at number two. I actually wrote him down at number two at one point. Wow. But I changed my mind, and I flip-flopped him with, with the next guy. Number two, Matty Ice. Matt Ryan. Matty Ice. 26 of 35, 374 yards, five touchdowns. Yeah, five trips to the end zone there. Um, so it's a type of performance that would put you number one, but just missed it. Yep. 374, five touchdowns. He had a 148.1 rating. That was a, a record quarterback rating for a team that lost a football game. Uh, Matt Ryan is he's showing he's worth every little bit of, of that monster contract he got in the offseason. He had a, a duel with Drew Brees, um, and, and I love Matt Ryan. I think he's fantastic. He, he had himself, I mean, just an amazing, amazing performance. Um, it's a far cry from his week one performance against the Eagles. He's just been getting better and better from week to week. I love this. This was a, a, just a, an incredible performance in spite of the loss. Um, and, and I hope we get to see a lot more of this from Matt Ryan. And number one, Matt Ryan missed the number one spot in his own on, because of a player on his own team, yep. a player that he got the ball to. Oh, yeah. Number one, Calvin Ridley. Yeah, Calvin Seven Ridley. Seven receptions, 146 yards, and not one, not two, but three touchdowns through the air. Calvin Ridley was just I mean, when he got drafted, I, I, I'm going to tell you this. I hated the DJ Hughes draft pick, and I hated that DJ went above Calvin Ridley. 
I was against it. I called you when it happened and said, this is absolute ridiculousness. It's just blasphemy here. Calvin Ridley needed to go before DJ, and he took that personally. And you can tell he took it personally because I'll tell you what, the last two weeks, Calvin Ridley's been all over the place and showing that he can be a number one receiver. I believe that the Atlanta Falcons have two number one receivers on their team right now. And I love Julio Jones, don't get me wrong. But I believe Calvin Ridley is just as good. And and over time, Calvin Ridley could become even better than Julio Jones. And I know that's saying a lot, but I believe in Calvin Ridley. I think he's just a terrific, terrific receiver. This is the last time we saw a receiving duo. Um, and and you know, I, I won't say I, I won't say the last time we've seen a receiving duo. I, I take that back. But what I will say is that you got two guys here that that are performing at an outstanding level together. Julio Jones, five receptions, 96 yards. Calvin Ridley gets the 146. Both these guys perform like number ones. They look like number ones. They 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 play like number one receivers, and they're they're almost dueling it out for the number one spot. And I, I think right now it belongs to Julio Jones. But both of these guys have had at least one monster game of 100-plus yards. I mean, early in week one, you had Julio Jones getting 169 yards. So Calvin Ridley is a number one receiver. Last time we saw this was the Julio Jones and Roddy White. Remember that that first year? Yeah. Um, in really, well, I think the last time you saw this as far as full season, I think, you know, I think you're going back a few years to uh, the, the Broncos. The two are still there, but they just not have a quarterback now. Yeah. Demarius Thomas and Sanders were just uh, tearing it up, plus having um, – Julius Thomas there as well. They had, they had a one two three punch that that Manning was just able to just fling the ball to. That's probably the last time you had a, a, a stellar type of offense the way the way that these two are performing right now. And I'd almost go as far as saying that the the, the uh, next closest thing to this one two combo is probably Antonio Brown and Juju Smith Schuster because mm-hmm. Schuster's also just been balling it out. Yeah, Schuster has been having himself a year, and and I trust me, I know I've got him in fantasy. Um, Antonio Brown, uh, he's having an okay year. He's not having a monster year though, and and that's where I'm kind of looking over, going, eh, I don't know. Actually, I think the closest thing he got, and, and this is not my bias showing, I promise you, it was the Diggs Thielen combo. I think I think uh, Cousins and and uh, Diggs and Thielen they click really well. They just need an offensive line over there to protect Kirk Cousins. But I digress. Calvin Ridley deserves to be the number one spot on your top 10. Absolutely 110% agree with that, no doubt. Now, Tyler. Oh, this one's fun. This one's kind of fun. It's kind of a fun one. I mean, for me, uh, I mean, I got to tell you, this week was not a fun week for me. It's tough being a Minnesota Vikings fan, especially after a humiliating loss like that. But I'm going to throw this out there. We're going to start a little session called Raytown's Forgotten Fun. You excited? Always. Always. You, you munching on that pizza over there? Is that what's really going on? good. Yeah, I made pizza. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good cook. See that? Anyway. So, Freetown's Forgotten Five, we're going to go over that Forgotten Five in just a second, but just like Tyler, I figured Tyler gets five honorable mentions, Jesus. So I'm going to take at least two, all right, and um, my first honorable mention for the the worst performances of the week, um, Andy Dalton, four picks, four picks in that, that uh, the... So uh, won that game with those type of numbers. Yeah, to, for the loss, I mean, he, he had himself a big game, but he had the four picks that, that really kind of deflated... 
the Bengals against Carolina. Um, but he, he still had himself a, a good game from a yardage standpoint and from a reception or from a, a passing standpoint. So I can't exactly be completely angry at Andy Dalton, especially when they were still in that game. Um, the second honorable mention that I'm going to throw out there is Philip Lindsay and his uh, punch throwing antics over there. Um, <laughs> I, what makes you so angry during just a scuffle for a football? that you need to go out and throw a punch. I don't want to get into a big discussion on this, but is it is it possibly he's punching the football? I don't think he was punching the football. <laughs> I mean, I I don't think he was. I'm sure that's what he was claiming. But, you know, it just – you're playing a game, dude. If you – if you, it's like it, – it, you know what reminds me of? It reminds me of a toddler that gets angry at his dad and just starts hitting. No, you know, he is a rookie. I mean, he's basically a topper. Yeah, I mean, it might as well be. I, I just, you know, if you if you can't play the physical game, you know, a, as an adult, then don't play the physical game. How about we just go with that? You know, I mean, that that's just ridiculous. You go out and you throw a punch like a like a punk teenager in a high school. It's obnoxious. So, but moving onward, um, Freytown's forgotten five. Number five goes to Sam Darnold. 15 for 31, 169, two interceptions, uh, loses the game to the Cleveland Browns, giving the Browns their very first victory in God knows how long. Uh, Darnold didn't have himself a very good game. No, I mean, and Baker outplayed him in a half. Yeah, Baker Yeah, Baker outplayed him in a half of football. I mean, Darnold, he looked lost. He looked lost, and, and he got dominated by that Browns defense after a while. Um, only putting up 17 points in the in the game did the Jets. Darnold does not look like a starting quarterback right now, and I am actually kind of sad to be saying that because I predicted Sam Darnold to be just a monster coming out, and he it, has not been. It's funny that this game happened, that this happened to be Brown's first win because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rewind you back to draft recap, and you yep. were so angry that the Browns took uh, Baker Mayfield yep. over Sam Darnold. But this game is telling a different story. Yeah, it, it is. It truly is. And and part of me wants to say that, that you know, I feel like there's a couple more factors to this game. We, we did have, um, uh, even though Baker Mayfield outperformed Sam Darnold, we also have to understand the caliber of uh, defense that each team was going against. Um, I believe that... Browns have a top 10 defense. Yeah, Browns have a monster defense. I believe Sam Darnold got eaten up by that monster defense. And I think that was a, a big thing there. So I'm I'm not completely um, I'm I'm not going to completely say that Baker Mayfield was better. I want to see what happens when Baker Mayfield takes on a legit team, um, and I want to see if if you know he can he can keep him in this, and if, if Baker Mayfield is the real deal. Um, moving onward, number four, Larry Fitzgerald. Horrible performance. Sing- Father time is coming. Yep, single digit. Passing yardage for a guy who is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yep, and and I mean two receptions, nine yards for a long of six yards. I mean last week he was bad too, three receptions for twenty eight. But this week versus the Bears, two receptions for nine yards. So is he just not fooling corners? Is that what, I, that what it is? I, I don't know. I, I have no idea what's what's happening. But Larry Fitzgerald. It has not played good football all year long. He he had a decent game against the the Skins, seven receptions for seventy six yards in Week One. 
But beyond that, Larry Fitzgerald has not been the Larry Fitzgerald of old. I mean, we'll see if Josh Rosen can can uh, spark something for old Larry here, but you're, you're not wrong. I think Father Time is a coming. Speaking of Father Time coming, Tom Brady sits at number three of my forgetful five. Yeah. <clears throat> 14 for 26, 133, one touchdown, one pick, as the Patriots got dominated by the Detroit football lie-downs. Um, I, I couldn't believe what I was watching, but I could because, I mean, we have to re- we have to remember the Patriots do to have a depleted depleted team due to a lot of injuries. But it, I think four people missed the game. It, it was depleted. I mean, uh, Tom Brady, fourteen for twenty six, one thirty three, one touchdown, one pick. I think Father Time is coming for old Tom Brady. Uh, he did not play like Tom Brady. Um, just a bad bad game all day long. Uh, number two. Minka Fitzpatrick uh, for the Miami Dolphins, absolutely dominated by Jordy Nelson. Um, the the uh, the Raiders exploited this all game long. Jordy Nelson was all over the place, and it was one thing that we were discussing um, in uh, uh, in draft time. We were talking about Minka Fitzpatrick and about whether or not Minka Fitzpatrick could be an elite pass defender. And Jordy Nelson made Minka Fitzpatrick look like a doof the entire freaking game. So that's uh, my number two. My number one, this one pains me. This one will pain me. Um, but I have to go through with it, and I am going to go through with it. And and it's going to lead me into the um, my, my rant of the day. So I hope you're excited for that, Tyler. Number one is the entire Minnesota Vikings team. The entire team. I can't even pick one facet of the game where the Minnesota Vikings looked like a Super Bowl caliber caliber team. Okay, I'm I'm gonna pull the uh, veto and pull Adam Thielen out of this. I would say 52 players are on your list. One gets saved. One I, I, I guess. I mean, so <clears throat> first of all, you know, and and if the entire team didn't play so bad, because I mean, I basically the entire team played bad. Um, I would have solidified this straight to Anthony Barr. Um, I, I feel like the Minnesota Vikings were absolutely atrocious against the Buffalo Bills. I mean, it, it was ridiculous. I I watched this game. And I'm expecting to see a Super Bowl caliber team. This was not a Super Bowl caliber team. Not at all. Absolutely not. There was no offensive line. Riley Reef was just getting beat off the left end like it was nobody's business. Uh, I mean, come on, two fumbles in the first two drives? What, what's going on here? You know? Let me, let me recap just for a second. Sounds like you're going to your rant right now. I'm about to. That's okay. Anthony Barr, let's, let's recap his first half. Okay. What a hero. Oh, my gosh. In his first half, here's what we saw from Anthony Barr. He got beat to the edge by, by uh, Allen for a touchdown, okay, for, the fir- for that first rushing touchdown of the game. He was beaten by Chris Ivory in space for seven yards, and then he drew a face mask penalty on top of it, okay? He got hurdled by Josh Allen for a first down on a, on a surefire tackle. I need popcorn. It was a surefire tackle. Josh Allen hurdles him for a first down. Um, he got trapped in a play fake on, on Chris Ivory and it turned into a 55 yard reception down the field. Um, and it wasn't even down the field. It was a shot to the flat that turned into a 55 yard, 
uh, uh, rack reception. Um, and then he also had a horse collar tackle that turned a third and 16 into a first and goal. And this guy expects me, as a fan, to want Rick Spielman to sign him to a long-term contract. This is a guy that's in a contract year, and he expects me to say, yeah, Anthony, here's your contract. What, are you high? I mean, I mean you should. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I, I don't want Anthony Barr back, and I don't think any Vikings fan does right now. I, I mean, unless they're, they're moronic, but, but let's look at it. Anthony Barr has not played good football all year long, and, and the only positive thing that he's done for this team in the last two years is hurt Aaron Rodgers. That's about it. Anthony Barr is not worth the money that he's asking, and I'm still, you know what? I'm telling you what, I'm glad that the Vikings haven't resigned him yet. I hope they let him go, let him go to free agency, go into the draft, draft a new linebacker, and call it a day. Anthony Barr is not worth the time or the patience. I, I, I hate it. And then on top of this game, on top of it all, we had no blocking for Kirk Cousins whatsoever. You get this $28 million quarterback, nobody's blocking for the guy, and the guy only manages to put a go 6 for 10 for 44 yards in the first half. I mean, they, the, there was no closing on open field tackles out of the flat. Nothing. Everybody stood there. I, I literally, and that was another thing from Anthony Barr, Anthony Barr stood there as a running back caught a ball in the flat, stood there and let the running back come to him instead of closing in on the tackle to make the play on an open field tackle. There was no pass coverage, no pressure on the opposing quarterback, no running game. They, they only ran four times in that game. Um, Six. Four. I, I, I'm not even including the Cousins scrambles, okay? Um, there, were no, there were very few deep pass attempts at, at a very shoddy Buffalo Bills pass defense. Um, and, and the ones that Kirk Cousins did take, he overthrew Adam Thielen twice, and he overthrew Stefan Diggs once, and then he takes a shot deep at Diggs, and Diggs drops a touchdown in the end zone. We were talking about this team being a Super Bowl-caliber team at, at, at the beginning of this year. We were going over the records. We were saying the Minnesota Vikings and the Rams are going to meet in the NFC Championship game. There's no way, no how that this is going to change Right now, the Chicago Bears lead the NFC North, and I'm over here scratching my head going, this does not look like a Minnesota Vikings team that's going anywhere near the Super Bowl, let alone the playoffs. Playoffs? Come on. We're not talking playoffs. That's a joke. The Minnesota Vikings ought to be ashamed of themselves for putting up the type of performance that they did. And then, and then we've got these guys going, oh, well, you know, I'm just glad it's a short week because we're going to go into this next game. Why? Because you're going to go get your butts handed to you by the Rams? You're going to go get beat by the best team in football. Yeah, that makes me feel a hell of a lot better. That way you guys will be 1-2-1 one, one at the end of the week. Come on now. Uh, you, you had penalties on all facets of the game last game. You had, you had illegal block in the back on special teams. You had Linval Joseph on the very first possession of the game on a three and out go helmet to helmet against uh, Josh Allen on a surefire sack. I mean, Zimmer was Mike Zimmer was was calling plays that made no sense. They were passing the ball in the flat, and Mike Zimmer's playing all of his receivers deep, and and they're just beating you in the flat all game long. Made no sense. Um, there was no urgency at the end of the second quarter either. I mean, where they were they're over here down twenty seven to nothing. No urgency 
to get the, the ball moving, to try and move the offense downfield, try and score a touchdown, nothing. Uh, Latavius Murray dropped a pass for an interception. There were so many sacks on, on critical third downs. Um, there were three first downs for the Vikings by the middle of the third quarter. Three. I mean, I, what are we doing here? What, are the, what is this team doing here? They're not winning football games. I mean, our offensive line in this game was probably the, the most irritating thing in the universe. They basically looked like a giant butthole. That's what they looked like. A giant, gaping butthole that was sloppy on top of it. That's what that team was. And and uh, uh, I'm over here, it's supposed to, and my only bright spots of this game was C.J. Hamm and Laquan Treble, Treadwell, and even then, C.J. Hamm dropped a pass on fourth down. So, I mean, I mean, there was they didn't reach the red zone until three minutes left in the fourth quarter. Three of the five Buffalo Bills' first possessions started in Vikings territory. Um, the Bills fumbled three times. No Vikings recovered it. Uh, there were no turnovers against the Bills in that game. And uh, they played complimentary football the whole way. I mean, short fields. The defense played well. They, they pinned the Vikings deep. I mean, there was just nothing. It was absolutely nothing. I, I am not sold on this Minnesota Vikings team right now like I was two weeks ago. And, and I'm supposed to sit here and, and, you know, love my team, and that's great. And I love this team, and I love being a Vikings fan. But holy crap, what are we looking at? Anybody who thinks this team is a, a, a Super Bowl caliber team is wrong. The Minnesota Vikings, you mark my words, they will finish this year dead last in the division. I'm calling it right now. I disagree. Now. I think you're 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 hot. I, I think they're gonna they're gonna fix things up. I'm not gonna go dead last. Dead last. They're gonna go five and eleven and they will be dead last in this division. You watch because they have no offensive line and until they fix that offensive line, they will be dead last in this division. I think we need a break. I, I think we need a break too because I'm hot. But anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back. Right here on the Outside Blitz, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's, or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Oh, 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 oh. Sword overhead, although there's no real reason that I can see. My dream is as clear as can be. I'd spend each day in tears, feeling powerless, and every night I'd wish for one more chance. I'd put the strength to find the hero inside, so I can follow my passion with pride. Even if the 
precious moments reveals our unjust fate There's still a lot of time until our lives unfold the way it's meant to be As long as I can have this moment just to breathe I'll hold on to my destiny, calling out to me so carelessly and free I hear a voice that's calling in the distance Telling me I should be following my dream Passion fills my soul, the undeniable key So I can hide my fears behind a great big smile Then your tears will fade and sadness will leave you This song gives me the strength to be that kind of hero And so I'll raise my peace sign Let's keep the story rolling And welcome back to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, Tyler Dean. Tyler Dean, man, you have brought, I got to tell you, like, my microphone's usually, like, louder than yours, and I got to tell you, man, you've been bringing, like, some, like, vocal shit today, man, like, I don't, some lungs or something. Well, maybe my personality just back. Maybe I'm having an off couple of months. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really think you have much personality from the get. Mm, like, ah. I call bullshit. <laughs> Well, um, so we've got some interesting news around the league here, and uh, we, we want to just jump right in. Um, this new hit rule, I, we got to talk about it. It's been all over the place. Um, so we have this hit rule where you can't land on the quarterback at all with any weight whatsoever. You can't unnecessarily throw the quarterback to the ground. I mean, basically they, they expect you to, to – lightly set the the quarterback down on a bed of feathers and you know if if he gets even remotely hurt um you know then you're getting a, a penalty and a fine well, and all but receivers and stuff. running backs you can, you can tackle any way shape or form you want right now so over the weekend what we got to see was william hayes uh he hits Derek carr um, he's avoiding a penalty. He, he's trying not to to land on top of Carr, and he winds up tearing his ACL. Um, goes out for the year. Uh, Derek Carr, obviously, Derek Carr actually said, "I would prefer that he landed on top of me rather than tear his ACL." Um, we we've heard comments from from Ben Roethlisberger. We've heard comments from Joe Flacco. Uh, both of these guys saying, you know, this this new hit rule is ridiculous. It's football. It's physical. It's what goes on. Those are the type of quarterbacks that we love to hear from um, because they're they're saying, hey, uh, this this is ridiculous. Clay Matthews has been the guy that that has been uh, um, getting the the brunt of everything, though. It seems like every time we we see Clay Matthews, he's getting a call on him um, for for roughing the passer. Every time we see him on a field, he's getting. You know, there's there's yellow flags just flying everywhere every time he blasts a quarterback. Um, you know, at, at, Tyler, at what point does the league and, – and the league has said that they're going to go and reword this rule um, over the course of the next week. Um, but but then they, they said that they're going to discuss it, but they're, they're not changing the wording of the rule. Now, Tyler, how much of a detriment – is this rule to the game of football at this current point in time? It, it ruins defenses, if you ask me. It, it, it really hurts them. I, I, this, this rule is ridiculous. Um, you, you already had, had the rules starting to really um, hammer down on, on defense and quarterbacks, but now it's at the point where your defenders are afraid to hit quarterbacks now. Yeah, and, and I mean, look, I, I get it. You know, <clears throat> you have the NFL, they're, they're trying to uh, protect their assets. 
over, you know, over time, you know, quarterback goes down, certain games become unwatchable. I mean, am I, am I wrong? Oh, 100%. Yeah, and, and that's, I, I, that's where I think we're at. You know, you see a quarterback go down, game becomes unwatchable. It becomes just a, a an absolute crap show here. And, and they're, they're trying to protect their long-term assets, these quarterbacks that are, are special. Um, a little bit of irony about this, though, which, which kind of drives me crazy. This all started with um, Aaron Rodgers. And the team that has been most commonly called and the guy who's been most commonly called for these infractions has been who? Clay Matthews. Clay Matthews. And, and you know, the, the Green Bay Packers have been, you know, they, they were very vocal about it. We want to protect our quarterback. We want to protect our guy. Well, that's all hunky-dory, but but at the same time, Clay Matthews needs to not complain about it if, if his his guys are, are uh, doing it. Um, one thing I, I do want to make mention of, is, so an interesting stat, Tyler. Are you ready for this interesting stat? Sure. And I sent this one to you earlier, I think. Um, from 2017 to 2018, in 2017, week three, last year, there were nine roughing the passer penalties. In 2018, as of week three being over, there are 26 roughing the passer penalties with this new rule. Um, and and I, I think that's insane. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I remember there, there were certain guys out there who were getting called for these these types of penalties and these types of infractions. And, and okay, you know, I could see it. You know, and Dominican Sue flying through the line, you know, you have the ability to count to five before he belts the quarterback and everybody's going, well, why is he getting a rough in the passer coat? Well, I don't know. The, the ball left about, you know, 30 seconds ago. But in, in the case of this rule, I mean, you, you can't expect that. And then I'm hearing all these these NFL, these pro NFL guys going, oh, well, these defenders need to, to evolve with the game and they need to learn how to hit properly. And da, da, da. How do you learn how to tackle differently? You don't. Yeah, exactly. How is that a thing? And they're showing like these rugby tackles where you you hit a guy in the hip and you spin and all this stuff. You know what? You know what I I saw in that rugby tackle and I and I saw videos of it. I was watching this rugby tackle and I'm going, uh, that looks like an ACL tear waiting to happen. I mean, like I don't understand like like the league. I understand the league's logic, and then. You know, but but I don't. The, the one thing I do kind of agree with the league on when it comes to this hit rule here is, you know, this this is the NFL, the, the NFL PA and, and, and the NFL having a dispute. That's what this is. Because the NFL Players Association, you know, they're getting ready. They're going to go and sign that new CBA. And what's what's going to happen is the, the the what have we been hearing for the last several weeks, Tyler? As far as the, the hits? No. As, what have we been hearing from the last few weeks from from uh, players? Oh, we want health insurance, and we want Hall of Famers oh, to have health yeah, insurance, yeah. and we oh, want no. this. And, and, oh, we're getting concussions, and we're getting injuries from this physical game, and da 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 So, you know, on, on the same end, when they get ready to sign this collective bargaining agreement, you know that the NFL is going to be sitting there going, well, we have taken every precaution to protect you from your com- because you've been making all these complaints. So on that same point, I mean, isn't this somewhat on the players as well for making those complaints and, and kind of setting that up the way that they did? 
I mean, the NFL is is just trying to protect the players that, that want the health insurance and the physical game that they're suffering injuries in. You know, I think that kind of makes sense. I think the NFL kind of made an overcorrection, but I do understand what the NFL is doing. This is a political move than anything else, wouldn't you agree? Oh, 100%. Mm. Um, it, it, it's, it, the, they're trying to – the way they're going with this, it's, 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 it's destroying the, the game as far as offenses be able to be able to play the, play the game and, and, and uh, move the ball. You're seeing so many more penalties, and offenses are getting so many yards on penalty yards. Yeah. And De- defenses are, don't, don't know what to do anymore. The, the defenses don't know which way is up, and, and everybody's afraid to hit the quarterback these days. I mean, it, it's – does it change the game? Yeah, it does because it, it makes it so you can't hit the QB. I mean, eventually you're. I mean, I, I think this kind of takes certain things like four three defenses and kind of makes them a thing of the past. I mean, the the idea of rushing the passer becomes just kind of passe. You're going to see the three four defense become become the new standard out here. I mean, most teams run a four three, and I think you're going to see three four defenses become the thing. I mean, and I'm okay with that. Oh, I know you love three fours <laughs> over in Baltimore, but I mean that—that's what you're going to see happen because teams aren't going to want to tackle the quarterback. They're just going to go ahead eh, to hell with it. We're just going to go ahead and you know drop into coverage. And then what happens if if a guy like Tom Brady has uh, nobody rushing him ever and just has forever throw the ball? It just has a field day. Exactly. You know, I mean, it's it it, it becomes a very very tough tough league here. Um, I, I hate this this tackle rule. They've got to fix it. They got to get it done, um, and and they got to quit playing games and using the NFL CBA to to get it done. But um, speaking of Clay Matthews, so we we got wind that Clay Matthews will not be re-signed by the Green Bay Packers at the end of the year because he can't tell tackle quarterback. Apparently not. <laughs> no, uh, Clay Matthews is getting older. Um, I'm I'm surprised he's still on the team. Production has dropped. Yeah, it, it has. I mean, he's still playing well, but for for what he's been making, I I'm surprised the Packers have stuck around with him. So, uh, him being gone at the end of the season doesn't surprise me. It it doesn't surprise me. I think he's more or less. I mean, to me, I think he's more a cap casualty than anything else. Uh, I, I mean, Clay can still play at a high level. I, I I think anybody can agree with that. Has the production decreased? Sure. Um, but I, I still think he, he's still getting in backfields. He's still hitting quarterbacks. He's still hot, dropping runners. He still applies pressure. I mean, he's a great uh, linebacker. He's going to I mean, he's gonna wind up being a Hall of Famer for sure. I think Clay Matthews is, is that good. And whatever team he goes to, he's going to be a monster. Um, my hope, I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't mind having him as a Viking. I'll tell you that much. But um, it, realistically, uh, uh the, the Green Bay Packers are going to be losing Clay Matthews. But one guy they did lose over this past weekend, Muhammad Wilkerson, down with an ankle injury. Um, Tyler, I know you're not real big on Muhammad Wilkerson, but but um, he has made a definite difference with this um, Green Bay Packers team. Uh, the, I mean, really, he secured the win for them uh, against the Bears in Week 1. He, he was playing at a pretty high level. He was good, in the, good with the Jets. He had his kind of... Uh, He's having kind of a career resurgence with Green Bay, and and now it just falls apart. I mean, and that ankle injury was just gruesome, just just ugly. Um, how badly does this affect the Green Bay Packers moving forward? Not having him in their starting lineup. Um, it, it affects him a little bit, but uh, Wilkerson's not uh, Khalil Mack. Uh-huh. So it's not going to affect them the way that Mack leaving Oakland affected Oakland. I think they'll see a small dip, but Green Bay's defense has been historically 
not been great. Not I, recently, anyway. I, I think you're gonna you're gonna see it continue to just not be great. But you're not gonna notice much of a difference. It's just gonna continue to be mediocre. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> I mean, 28 years old. He's still got a lot of tread left on the tires. Um. <clears throat> he he's a, a, a to me. I think he's a damn good defensive lineman. I, I he's a good defensive end. Um. I I I think the Packers are gonna miss him a lot more than than you're giving the man credit for. Um, it's a one-year deal he's on, so I mean he he walks out the uh, walks out the door there. I, I don't know. I I, I well, actually, you know I one point five million dollars. You you're hoping for bigger things out of the guy, I guess. But at the same time, you're not getting killed on the cap. Um, Wilkerson walks out the door at the end of the year. Does he get re-signed to a big deal? I think so. Um, I, I like Muhammad Wilkerson. I, I think they're gonna they're gonna have a hard time um, getting any further defensively without uh, an impact player like that. So this this one is a, a big loss to me anyway for the Packers. Now, <clears throat> speaking of defensive ends, let's talk Everson Griffin. Oh man! What? Uh, <sighs> yeah, that, that that that's my sentiment exactly. So over the weekend, uh, Everson Griffin. Um, he walked into, I believe it was the Hotel Ivy out in uh, uh, Minneapolis there and uh, began threatening the staff. Um, he was pacing back and forth, threatening the staff, uh, saying he was going to shoot up the, the building. Um, he, he left the building. Um, he, the police were called. They escorted him out. He then went and broke into his teammate Trey Wayne's house um, over in uh, Minneapolis there. And then after he broke into Trey Wayne's house, the police arrested him. Uh, they they put him in a, a uh, uh, an ambulance for a mental health check, and he apparently jumped out of the ambulance and ran. They they wound up catching him a little while later. He was saying that people were out to get him, somebody was out to kill him, um, all kinds of stuff. Uh, all reports from his wife say that that um, he's been having uh, some mental breakdowns over the course of the last couple of weeks. Uh, the Vikings knew about it. They were trying to help him with it. They had a, a psychologist there with him. Um, I, I, I don't know what is going on with, with Everson Griffin. Um, it, it, it just, it, he jumped out of the ambulance on the way to the mental hospital. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of all this. It's, I, I'm, I'm concerned about his well-being. Um, I, I'm just amazed. By, by what we're seeing. Mike Zimmer said over the weekend that it was just a personal matter um, uh, on Sunday when they were asked why Stephen Weatherly started over Everson Griffin and why Everson Griffin wasn't with the team. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he's got to get his uh, head straight. And mental health and, and football has been such a heavy topic over the past uh, few years so it's 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 really it's, it's tough to hear a story like this it's it, it's tough yeah it's just it's confusing um you know you don't see it out of out of a guy like everson griffin you i mean it, it, you see the interviews with everson griffin you you never hear um anything negative about the guy you always hear positive things and and uh you know and and wayne's denies that that griffin was trying to break into his home and and you know uh when but when when the police asked him why he said why he was trying to break in he said God made me do it, um, and and uh, it's just something something is is 
there's a screw loose upstairs for old Everson Griffin. I, I don't I don't know what what is happening or or what the Minnesota Vikings know. I don't know um, I don't know what their plan is. Um, I to me, I mean, I, I think Everson Griffin's out for the entire season. I agree. I, I think I don't think there's any way you can put him back in the game um, with with everything that that's that's known in that situation. Not in good conscience. I, I don't think you know you uh, he his career might actually be over. I mean this is this is a huge huge thing. I mean a guy guy with a screw loose you're gonna put him on a, a football field and tell him to to hammer a quarterback. Um, it could be a, a a major major issue for the Vikings moving forward. Thankfully, Stephen Weatherly did step up for the Vikings. He had a sack in that last game, so the Vikings do have uh, uh, somebody hanging around. But just a a scary scary situation for the uh, the old Minnesota Vikings as uh, as the man they call Sack Daddy um, winds up uh, being just going out of his mind. I guess um, now in the NFC North. Um, just a wild, wild weekend for the NFC North. Um, Tyler, the NFC North is filled with just upsets, and and this this whole division has been turned upside down. The Minnesota Vikings were set to be um, the basically the the team. They, they were Which supposed still could happen. I, I mean, I guess right now the Chicago Bears lead the division. Um, they're up two one and one. Um, did you see it coming by week three that the Chicago Bears would be leaving, leading the NFC North? No, I did not. No. I mean, I had the whole division doing well. I had I had the worst team having nine wins. Mm-hmm. So I projected a pretty good season for that division, but I, I didn't see the Bears taking it. I mean, it, I mean, we're, it's still early, but the Bears are impressing right now. Yeah, the the Bears, I mean, did they put up monster numbers against Arizona? No. I, I think they could have played a lot better against a very iffy Arizona team. I'm not completely sold on the Bears yet, but they're still playing good ball. And I think that that is a real testament to, to Mitchell Trubisky and, and the job he's doing over there and uh, Jordan Howard and the way he's playing over there. And that, that Bears defense is scary right now with Khalil Mack there. Khalil Mack has, has shown up and, and sparked that defense in a way that I don't think has been seen before. And, and we've seen just upsets upon upsets, upon upsets. We, we've seen, I mean, just ridiculousness going on from the NFC North. So you get the Washington Redskins, they get topped by, I'm sorry, the, the Green Bay Packers rather get topped by the Washington Redskins. The, the Redskins actually come out just, I mean, just destructo mode against against the Pack. I, and and you didn't see it coming. I, I did. I felt like it was coming. I know that Washington defense is good. Um so at this stage of the game, are, are the Green Bay Packers the real thing? Is, is Aaron Rodgers regressing in spite of the injury? What's going on with the Green Bay Packers? I don't know if they're regressing. I don't know if, that's, if, that's, if I'm ready to admit that yet. But I, what I am willing to admit here is may, maybe it's time to give Alex Smith more credit. Maybe it's time to admit that Alex Smith is a way better game manager than anyone's ever really given him credit for. I'm not going to go... We're talking three straight teams, and he's made teams winners. I, I guess. Here's my thing about the Alex Smith theory. And and to me, you know, I, I look at his stat line from this game, 12 for 20, 220 yards, two touchdowns. I, is it really Alex Smith getting more credit? Adrian Peterson, I think, had a lot to do with it um, this past week. I mean, Aaron Rodgers... 27 for 44. 
I mean, take a look at that stat line, and I see a guy that's that's nearing that 50% mark, you know, as far as his, his play goes. Um, Aaron Rodgers hasn't been the same Aaron Rodgers since that injury occurred um, in week one. I think he played all right against Minnesota. Um, but 17 points against the Washington Redskins. Everybody had the Packers taking this game other than yours truly. Um, so do I – do you think that Aaron Rodgers is still the elite quarterback that that you know everybody's been claiming him to be? I don't know. I don't know. There's questions there. There's questions, especially with the injury. I, I can't buy the Green Bay Packers as a, a team that's going to wind up taking this division. And and I'm, frankly, I'm surprised that they they even tied with the Vikings. I mean that that should have been a Vikings victory had it not been for Dan Carlson. I mean, right now, had that not happened. The Green Bay Packers would be one and one and two right now. And I, I like I said, I'm not willing to to say that Aaron Rodgers regressing. I think his team's not as good as it once was, so he's got to go into a mode of more Tom Brady has to create his team. Um, I, I I'm still behind Aaron Rodgers. His stats haven't been none of his stats have been bad. He hasn't had a bad game. He just hasn't had an Aaron Rodgers games. Yeah, uh, he's still he's, his worst um, QBR is still 93.5, which is still very good. I. It's just not what you're used to seeing out of Aaron Rodgers. Not at all. I mean, week one, he had, he had, he had a great game week one, had a great comeback. And, but, I mean, he's not, like I said, he's not playing bad ball. It's just not what you expect out of Rodgers. And I, I think it's, I, I, I don't know. Now, let's also look in the division, the NFC North. Let's talk Detroit Lions. Um, they just came off that win, 26-10, their first win of the season against the New England Patriots. Have the Detroit Lions arrived? <clears throat> I think they're still trying to figure things out. I think this was the week where they, they, the team finally rallied together. It was, it was bound to happen. Um, the Detroit Lions have a, have, a, have a very talented team in a very tough division. So I'm going to be curious to see where things go. I'm, I'm, I'm not completely sold they're going to be this uh, division-winning team. But uh, I, I did have them at 9-7, and seven, and, I, and I, uh, I, I don't know if that's going to happen. But I, I, I think it's, a, it's definitely a better team than what we saw in week one and two. So I got some interesting stats for you about the Detroit Lions. You ready for this one? Sure. The Detroit Lions have the number one passing defense in the league right now. Even with the Jets loss? Yep. They wow. Have the number one passing defense in the league. How crazy is that? I did not know that. Uh, yes, they they are are sitting with at number one for that. Um, so, passing wise, the Detroit Lions rank number eight in the league passing the football. And you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the record as calling out uh, one of our good friends. I'm gonna call out um, Steve Rutkowski. Um, I don't know if he listens or not. I, I I doubt he does, but I want him to start because I'm calling him out on this episode. I heard a bunch of mumbo-jumbo about how the Detroit Lions don't have an offensive line. I was hearing that over and over and over again, and I, I didn't think uh, Ragnow was the pick that they should have made um, going in into the draft. Um, boy, am I eating those words now because i got to tell you, Here's an interesting stat about the old Detroit Lions. You ready for this one, Tyler? Go for it. The Detroit football Lions have given up the least amount of sacks out of any team in the NFL currently after three weeks. 
Hmm. Well, how about how about on total QB hits for rushes or? I, I mean, I would have to look at that, but but sack wise, they've given up the least amount of hits on the quarterback over three weeks. I think that says something. I think that tells you just you know how interesting and and how good of a a team the Lions actually have. I mean uh, that is that is that not like you know just just uh uh mind-boggling that that the Lions have been getting spanked the way that they have but then they still come out and and you know uh uh have these these high numbers. Does that mean that the Detroit Lions are a bad football team? I don't think it means the Detroit Lions are a bad football team. I think they're they're a good football <clears throat> team. I just don't think they're a elite football team. I, but I also don't think they're a bad football team. I, I I think there's so much so many question marks of the Lions, and it's still so early in the year. I I'm, I'm not ready to make a, a a a big opinion on them yet. Yeah, I, I now uh, I I believe that the Lions are are you know I I thought for from the get they were legitimate contenders coming into uh, uh, this year. I, I thought the Lions were legitimate contenders. I think a lot of people automatically discounted them. I always thought the Detroit Lions were contenders. I Did I think that they were going to compete with the um, the Minnesota Vikings? No. But now, I mean, that's kind of changing. Um, I, I, I think the Lions are, are a scary, scary team right now. There's a lot of momentum here. Um, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. And, and here's another interesting sa- uh, 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 stat for the Lions. The Detroit Lions currently lead the league in sacks with 10 over three weeks. So, so ultimately they're playing good ball on both sides. It's, yeah. It's, I, I'm, I'm <clears throat> impressed too. It's crazy. It's, it's absolutely crazy. And, and here's the other question I have. Now, on Johnson did come out. He he broke the the under a hundred curse for the Lions. Is Carryon Johnson here to stay? Is is Carryon Johnson the new number one back? Hundred percent. It is. I'm 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 on board with Carryon Johnson. Uh, in that first week against the Jets, they used him early out of the gate, and he and he 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 was explosive. But then they stopped using him for some unknown reason that we'll never know. But but then you see over this week when they, when they actually give him a full workload. The dude balls out. Yeah, I, I, I am pro Carryon Johnson. I am too. I I I'm not completely sold on Carryon because I mean this is very it screams kind of uh, uh, Reggie Bush to an extent. Um, he had 16 carries. Sure, he had 101 yards. I want to see what happens when this guy gets 25, 26, 27 carries and gets a full full workload rather than just 16. But but what, what's the note here is there are a lot of running backs who need 25 carries to even break 100. Right. I want to see if Carryon Johnson. I mean, and we also have to face the fact. I mean, I I know you don't want to. This past week, they they took on a very um, uh, subpar uh, New England Patriots team. A lot of people were predicting that the Detroit Lions were going to. Uh, uh, beat the uh, um, the New England Patriots because the Patriots needed a lot of help and, a, and, and they had a lot of guys out. And uh, you know what? I, I think the uh, I, I think the Lions need a real test put in front of them. Um, carry on. He he blew through a pretty weak New England defense. So I want to see what happens when Carry on Johnson takes on a real team. So far in the NFC North, though, it, it's a toss-up, and, and the Chicago Bears are sitting in the number one spot. we got the Vikings and the Packers tied at second. The Lions are still in last, but I think they're coming up from behind. 
that's going to be a, a scary, scary thing for a Vikings fan like me. But um, yeah, this this division is is getting a little crazy now. Moving on to um, a team that the Lions took on this past week, the New England Patriots. We got to talk Tom Brady. Just bad ball all around. Tom Brady has not performed like Tom Brady at all this season. He's been bad, just bad. Um, is the Patriots dynasty over, Tyler? Is it done? I, I got a text message from my uh, my boy Pete out in Boston. Oh boy, lifetime lifetime diehard Pats fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, he thinks that the Patriots need to sell out to win now with Brady and Belichick, but I fear that they're past that and the dynasty is over. Yeah, I think the dynasty's done. I, I think I think that that I mean this is the worst team that you've seen since what two thousand and six for the New England Patriots. Um, through this time, I believe it was twenty fifteen. Um, through this time, Tom Brady looked equally as bad. It was the year, it was the deflate gate year. It was the mm. year they faced Seattle in the Super Bowl that year. Right. Through the first five games, Brady looked just as bad. So who knows? I mean, knock on war doesn't happen. Yeah. But uh, Brady's capable of turning this around and and, uh, and rallying the troops and getting things going. But right now, it's not looking good for the Patriots and what's, and what's to come. Now, Tom Brady doesn't look for real. <clears throat> I think the Patriots dynasty is over. I, I don't think that they have. Uh, uh, the ability to to come back from from this horrible start that they've had, and they've had a really really bad start. Um, Tom Brady just doesn't look like a guy who's who's ready to play good ball. I think I think his better years are done. He said he wants to play till he's fifty. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Tom Brady retires in the next year or two. I think the pa- the Patriots' legacy here is done, and you're going to start talking about other teams from that AFC East column. Um, it's just it's over with. It's over with. I mean, this these are Tom Brady on 14 for 26, 133 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Now, I expect that out of, out of Sam Darnold. I expect that out of a rookie. I don't expect that out of Tom Brady. Oh, I, I agree 100%. What, what you're seeing, especially this past week, is it's it, it's hard it's hard to really even wrap your, your mind around it. You're not, you're, Brady's been the, the uh, juggernaut of this of this league for the, for the better part of the last, what is it, 15 years? Yeah, and I mean, outside of the touchdown, Sam Darnold would have outdueled Tom Brady in this situation. That's the that's the thing that's kind of blowing my mind about the whole thing. Tom Brady has not been Tom Brady. I think the Patriots' legacy is over. So I, I think we're we're, um, we're we're done with that. So Tyler, you know, you can jump for joy, you know, throw confetti all over the place, you know, get all excited that you don't ever. Nah, it's not over till it's over. I know, but uh, I I think it is, and I'm gonna I'm just gonna stick with that now. Speaking of quarterbacks, and speaking of uh, uh, legacies, kind of. I'm, I'm going to say kind of. Um, <clears throat> Ryan Fitzpatrick has been blowing the roof. I mean, he's been with so many different teams. He's been blowing the roof off the place over in Tampa of the Roofless Stadium. But anyway, um, Ryan Fitzpatrick got – you say he had a good game. Um I, I don't know. Did the Ryan, real Ryan Fitzpatrick show up this week or the, this week against the uh, the Steelers? Part of the real Ryan Fitzpatrick finally showed up. But what I'm going to say is Ryan Fitzpatrick still led the league in this week alone in passing yards. 411 yards. He's the yards. only guy for over 400 yards this week. Three touchdowns, but he did have the he, three picks. Which did kind of cost him the game. Right. And um, so part of the real Ryan Fitzpatrick is, is, is finally showing up, but... 
to me, Ryan Fitzpatrick is still playing out of his mind. Yeah, I mean, he's playing way better than he's, he's ever played, than, I, than I've ever seen Ryan Fitzpatrick play in all the years that he's been here. But 30 for 50, 411 yards, three touchdowns, wahoo, and then he has the three picks that cost him the game. Um, how, okay, does Ryan Fitzpatrick come out next week and, and light up the world against the Chicago Bears? Does, does he have a rebound week next week? Um, does Jameis Winston come come in and, and become the starter? Um, Winston has is back with um, the organized practices. He's returned from his suspension. Is this Jameis Winston's team or is this Ryan Fitzpatrick's team? And is Ryan Fitzpatrick the guy? It's Ryan Fitzpatrick's team until he uh, proves that he, he can't ball out the numbers up. Right now, it's, it's still his team. Now, Jameis Winston in this case. Um, what what is Jameis Winston to do? What what are they going to do with with old Jameis? I mean, they could start him. I mean that that is a reality. We have to understand that that this is a, uh, a reality for for Jason or Jason or Jameis Winston rather. Um, they the Bucks said they are picking up his option for next year. They've already said that, so that he's going to get a twenty million dollar option next year, um, and then he'll be an unrestricted free agent. So does that mean that this is Ryan Fitzpatrick's team? Are they going to dump Jameis? Are they going to keep Jameis? I they're mean, not. We're they're not dumping Jameis. Jameis is still the future of this team. Ryan Fitzpatrick's thirty-four years old. Thirty-five. Thirty-five years old. Yes. My bad. <laughs> um, Ryan Fitzpatrick's not the future of this team, but he is the present. Yes. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, until otherwise, will be the star of this team. But Jameis Winston's got has got the youth. James Winston is the future of this team. Now, say James, say Fitzpatrick blows up the world. Uh, I mean, do you, do you, I mean, if Fitzpatrick blows up the world this year, I mean, does Jameis Winston take the start next year? That's that's the question. I mean, that's tough. Where Ryan Fitzpatrick tears the world up. I mean, but he's 36 years old. Does Jameis Winston take the reins? I don't know. That's a big question. I, I have questions about that. And um, they, they have exercised their, their $20 million option for, for Jameis. I want to see if, if Ryan Fitzpatrick just steals this job from him and, and plays till he's 40. I mean, the guy's 35. He's got about five years left on, on the tires here, um, unless he has a Drew Brees-type you know, game or time and goes you know, 41, 42, 43 years old. To me, I mean, I've... Ryan Fitzpatrick is the guy, but I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm wondering how much of Ryan Fitzpatrick showed up last week. I want to know if, if this is going to be uh, kind of symptomatic of what we're going to see from Ryan Fitzpatrick moving forward against the, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and, and so on and so forth. I, I think this is something that we revisit next week and see how this week goes and talk <clears> about it again and see what we think. Right now, I'm still standing by um, three 400-yard three games. I'm sorry. The three receptions I can I can ignore. Ryan Fitzpatrick is still playing out of his goddamn mind. Yep. Now speaking of playing out of his mind, um, last Thursday we had the absolute pleasure of finally, finally seeing Baker Mayfield trot onto a football field. Um, since that game, he's been named the starter. I mean, I got to tell you, I I was not sold on Baker Mayfield, and you know that at draft time, I was not sold on him being the number one overall pick. Uh, Baker Mayfield trots onto the field uh, Thursday night football. You know he drops the last drive of the uh, the second or the first half rather, and he just starts chucking it around. You could feel the electricity coming through the field. You can, I mean, there was just something in the air. I got goosebumps. I'm getting goosebumps about it now, thinking about 
Baker Mayfield trotting onto the field and just playing the way that he played. He lit the world on fire for the Browns against uh, the Jets there. Tyler, is Baker Mayfield for real? He, he sure appears to be, but I, I want to see how he does in a full game, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be the guy that make that prediction yet. Um, it, it is still the Browns. They got their first win. I want to see how Baker Mayfield does through 60 minutes. Yep, the 60 minutes of football. And, and i got to tell you, through one half of football, for a guy like, like Sam Darnold, who I felt should have been the number one guy, um, Darnold got outplayed by Baker Mayfield in that, that second half of football. And I was I was so impressed with Baker Mayfield. It was really hard not to cheer and root for Baker Mayfield, watching how that game unfolded and watching how he played and seeing how those fans reacted to him. I hated Baker Mayfield coming out of the draft. I'm starting to fall in love with Baker Mayfield and the way he plays the ball. Uh, plays ball. I, I, I mean, just incredible. Just a great, a great performance by Baker Mayfield. He leads the, the Browns to their first win. Um, the coolers let out all the Bud Light for the fans. Everybody got excited. So, I mean, ultimately, uh, I mean, and Baker Mayfield since has been named the starter, and Tyrod Taylor will be riding the bench, um, a guy who, who has not lived up to uh, expectations over there in Cleveland. Now, other quarterbacks riding oh, the bench. i got a fun fact oh. for you. Ooh, hit me. Well, two things. I think, I think Tyrod <clears throat> has lived up. And he hasn't played bad ball until the Jets game. Like, first two weeks, he looked okay. Um, he almost wouldn't beat the Saints, and then he tied the Steelers. I think Tyrod did the best he could. Wait a minute. I don't, I don't think Tyrod. I'm going to interrupt you there because I don't think Tyrod Taylor looked good. Tyrod Taylor, 37.5 completion percentage against the Steelers, 28% completion percentage against the Jets, 73% completion percentage against the Saints. I mean, he had one good game out of three. And in the Jets game, he only had 19 yards. In the Steelers game, he had 197. He only had two touchdowns on the season, which was equal to his interception total. I'm sorry, I'm not buying Tyrod Taylor playing good for... for okay, he played good against the Saints. Right? Uh, that, it's been pretty bad. It's okay. been rough. Okay, you're right. But anyway, fun fact. Oh boy. Um, Baker Mayfield in a half of football outplayed Tom Brady. He did in one half. Now we got to understand the caliber. I mean, we we just got done talking about the Lions' defense being the number one pass defense in the league. I understand it's Tom Brady, but we also got to understand that Baker Mayfield was taking on the Jets' pass defense. Okay, so we, we that, that's fair. I just I just like the Jets. I I know because we don't like Tom Brady around here. But um, we got to understand that that the Jets' defense was on the field. The Jets' defense is not a very good defense. Um, and but that Jets' defense also is the same defense that, that shut down this apparent um, top-notch offense we were just talking about with the Detroit Lions. Yeah, they, they did. Um, uh, to me, I, I the, the Jets' passing defense, they, they okay, so passing defense-wise, I mean, the Jets are a top-10 defense passing defense-wise. They're, they're number seven in the league. Um, but the Lions are number one. Tom Brady didn't really have the weapons that I think Baker Mayfield has. I, you know, I, th- I think there's there's questions there about whether or not um, Baker Mayfield is, is the second coming of, of Tom Brady, except for the Browns or whatever the case. I, I want to see if Baker Mayfield's the real thing. He's going to be taking on um, some, some good teams coming up here in the uh, future. You know... 
is Baker Mayfield? I mean, he's going to be taking on your Ravens in two weeks. He's got the Raiders this week. I think it's kind of actually it's kind of a, a good schedule for Baker Mayfield to kind of ease his way into taking on bigger teams. It goes Jets and the Raiders are a little better than the Jets, and then the Ravens are a lot better than the Raiders. But at least the you know he's kind of easing his way up the the ladder there. So where do the Cleveland Browns finish this year? If you if you're if a betting man, if you're a betting man, who where where do the Cleveland Browns end? Do they I I mean do they stay third place? They do. Um, the Bengals aren't playing bad ball either. Right? Mm-hmm. This this division is lined up to potentially be very dangerously competitive. I'm kind of scared of it right now. So uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say this. I believe that the Baltimore Ravens do take this division. You're welcome. Um, I think the Bengals drop. I think the Steelers run into a Cleveland Browns team that they can't handle. I think you're going to see the Cleveland Browns finish second place in this division this year. I think they're that good and they're that capable. Um, judging by that small sample size from Baker Mayfield, he just seemed like like a, a guy that the team is really rallying around. It wasn't just the fans' perspective that changed during that game. It was the uh, uh, the entire team rallied around Baker Mayfield. Every player did. I'm I'm gonna call this a, a Scotty Freytown overreaction Wednesday. I, it it is kind of. Um, they're not gonna go second in the division. Um, they're gonna they're gonna be fighting for third or fourth. Player, they're gonna be fighting for third or fourth in what's going to be a very competitive division. I think the Browns end with. Uh, I'm gonna go with what I said before the draft. Eight wins. Eight wins. Uh, I I think the Browns could. I think they're gonna wind up in second in this division. I think the Bengals are are having a a, a good stroke of luck right now. Um, this is not the Bengals team that we saw last year. Um, we also have to bear in mind the 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 Bengals. Even though they they always play the Ravens hard, but they we got a in week one. They played the Colts. I mean, we can't really factor. I think I think a big telling sign for the Bengals will be how they perform this week against the Atlanta Falcons, and I think a big telling thing will be how they react in two weeks when they take on the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I think, and then they're going to take on the Steelers after that. So they've got a tough couple of weeks, and then they've got the Chiefs after that, and then they got the Bucks after that, and then they got the Saints after that. So I mean, you look at the Bengals. I think the Bengals are going to have a hard time. I, I think. I, and I hope you're right. I think they're going to have a hard time, and then they've got another matchup against your Ravens, which um, I, I think your Ravens are are going to remember last time and hammer them. I don't think the Bengals are going to have a very easy seven to eight week span here. It's not going to be fun in Cincinnati. Um, so they better just enjoy it while they got it. Um, but I, that's, I think they're going to the bottom of this division. The Browns are just going to tear it up from there. Now, um, speaking of quarterbacks, we had a quarterback change. Baker Mayfield uh, takes over in uh, Cleveland, and Josh Rosen takes over in Arizona. Um, I've been waiting for this to happen. Sam Bradford. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Bradford's had a very bad first three games, and it – Rosen coming in was inevitable, and then here we are now, and it's what we're dealing with. Yeah, and and I don't. So is Josh Rosen? Uh, okay, so Josh Rosen, he it was a very small sample size. We'll start with that. We'll we'll say it was a very small sample size. Um, fifty-seven point one completion percentage, thirty-six yards, one interception. He had a thirty-one point five rating. No big deal. Um. Is Josh Rosen going to be the future of this franchise, or are we going to see the next coming of Matt Leinart? Too soon to tell. Too soon to tell. If you, if you were a betting man, Tyler, what, what do you think? 
I don't think the team's got enough talent to, to for him to be successful right now. I, I think Josh Rosen falls on his ass. Yeah. Um, and and if that's the case, how much I mean, we have we have to look at this. So the Cardinals are set to take on the Seahawks this upcoming this upcoming week. Um do you think they have a shot? Do you think Josh Rosen has a shot to beat the Seattle Seahawks? I mean, and you also have the 49ers coming up in that. So is, is this going to be a good – I think this is a good two-game step for, for Rosen to come in. And, and no, it's, it's two teams who I don't find to be very, very, very good, but they're two teams that are going to be – that are okay. Well, Niners could be interesting, but um, um, I, I, think, I think it's a good step. I think it's, it's a good little trial run to see how he's going to do. Well, then the Niners could be interesting, but but I, you know, now we're 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 talking about the Niners here this week. I I don't know. That, I think they're going to tom they're going to dominate the Niners, and the reason I say that is because Jimmy G tears his ACL. He's out for the year. Um, Bethard will be starting. They they say CJ Bethard starting, which is just not looking like fun. Same time, we've also got talks of RG three possibly going from your Baltimore Ravens over to the Niners, um, and and you know that. Does RG three make the difference with with San Francisco if he goes over there? Um, speaking from watching him preseason, RG three looks a lot better. He's looked um fairly good in preseason. He's that looks like he's got new head and shoulders up. I think he could make that difference for San Francisco, but the problem is, uh, who who is San Francisco's head coach? Shanahan. Yep. Kyle Shanahan. Yep. Um, when RG three was in Washington, um, there was the big breakup between RG three. At the time, Kyle Shanahan was. Uh, <clears throat> it was a big mess. Big mess. He was an offensive coordinator, right, or defensive? Offensive. Yeah, you're right. Offensive coordinator, and then his his dad, Mike Shanahan, the great Mike Shanahan, was the head coach. Big big little breakup there, and but when Kyle Shanahan left, he didn't. He blamed a lot of people, but he never mentioned Griffin's name. So, it, I I think there's there's some bad blood there, and that could be what derails that type of trade from happening. But I think RG three could. I'm not gonna say RG3 is gonna go over there and get into the playoffs, but RG3 could is gonna do would do a better job than Bethard. I, I think I think you're absolutely right. Our RG3 is, has been showing that he can perform as a pocket passer. Um, I, I is he gonna is he gonna take the the Niners to the bowl? No. I mean, is he gonna make them a serviceable team? Yeah. Um, there's nobody that's taking this division from the Rams right now. Just period. And there's nobody taking <laughs> no. the division from the Rams. No. But but um, you know, RG3 uh, he, he's still an explosive player. He still plays good ball. Um, I'm interested to see how that goes. Uh, I, I think Robert Griffin III, um, if he if he does wind up with the 49ers, I, that team just became a lot more exciting. I think, and it's going to be a an interesting change. We'll see if he can get along with old Shanahan over there, and uh, see if they can uh, get along and do what they got to do. Now, in that division, we have the Rams. Rams have a Thursday night football game tomorrow night against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Aqib Tlaib, Jason Peters, both out with injuries for the Rams this week. Uh, and Tlaib is on the IR. Yep, Tlaib's on IR. So how badly does this affect the Rams going into Thursday, and how badly does this affect the Rams moving forward in this division? You're not going to like my answer. Oh, boy. Um, so these are two players who the Rams did not have last season. Yep, and the Rams were a top two defense. Yep, I. It was it's one of those things when they when they, when they got to leaving Peters like oh shit, <laughs> this defense just became went from a uh, top notch to the gold standard. But 
I, I think you see um, minor effects, but this Rams defense is going to continue to do what it does. It's got, it's got, it's led by uh, Aaron Donald and uh, Donovan Sue on, on the front line. There, they're going to continue to wreck havoc, and that's and that's going to be what they're going to move their team towards. Losing those two players, it's going to be more of a pass rush. They're going to rely a little, bit, little heavier on their on their pass rush over their cornerbacks, but they still have great cornerback depth. But I'm not going to sit here and say that it's going to they 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 had it last year and. They they had a great corners last year and they and without these two players, this is a defense that's going to be top notch and it, it, yeah these two injuries suck, but it's not gonna it, it doesn't change my opinion of what this Rams team's going to do this year. Yeah, I, I think that I think you're right. I, I think this Thursday I think the Rams are just going to manhandle the Vikings like they they have been. Um, they still have Nickel Roby Coleman hanging around. Uh, you still have Sam Shields hanging around. I, I think this Rams defense is is just terrifying absolutely terrifying um they, they don't have as uh, uh i guess imposing a linebacking core as you would like but at the same time i see this rams defense and it's just horrifying it, and 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 i think the the vikings are gonna have a hard time especially with that that defensive front three you're gonna see a lot of looks like you saw in the buffalo game i think you're gonna see the vikings just get smashed um they're gonna have to learn to block really fast or there's gonna be some trouble but when it comes to uh, the Rams, I, I think it's Super Bowl or bust for this team. I think you're going to see them making their way toward the Super Bowl. I think they're going to be the number one seed in the NFC. And I think the, the, there's not anybody that's going to have anything to say about it. So um, it, it's, it's the Rams. Basically, it's the Rams' year to lose, basically. Oh, 100%. There, to me, there's not a team in the NFL that can – Pull the candle to him through three weeks. Yeah. Obviously, we still have a long season; a lot can change. But right now, I, it's it's the Rams. Yep. Rams, 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 and Rams. Yes. Now, um, speaking of former Rams, um, at least kind of former Rams, he was there for a cup of coffee. Austin Davis um, signs on with the Tennessee Titans. How excited are you? I don't, I don't even know why we're talking about this. Why? What do you mean you don't know why we're it's, talking about it this? It doesn't matter. Well, it does matter. <laughs> the Titans aren't very good. Austin Davis sucks. He's going to be, what, th the third string? I think second string. Oh, maybe. I mean, you think he, I think he performs better than Blaine Gabbert. I don't. You don't? No. Austin Davis is a good quarterback. Um, they're signing him on. Uh, and, and you know what? Mariota, uh, I, I think they, they still have um, – a lot of injury issues with Mariota. They're they're worried about um, Mariota's elbow. Uh, I I don't know. Do do, do you if let's say Mariota goes down, does does Austin Davis play before Blaine Gabbert? No, I think he I think he Gabbert does. Comes in. Austin Davis is not a quarterback in this league. Austin Davis is terrible. I think he's better than Blaine Gabbert. I disagree. Blaine Gabbert, one hundred and seventeen yards. Come on. 117 yards back to back weeks, 50% completion percentage, 65% completion percentage. I don't think Blaine Gabbert's a quarterback in this league. Well, Gabbert's not great either, but Austin Davis is worse. I, I don't know. I think Austin Davis winds up taking that job, but maybe that's just me. But Austin Davis does sign with the Tennessee Titans. It still is a big deal, Tyler. Still is. Nope. Now, just, you need to calm down. Now, talking uh, some trades, Chiefs are looking at Earl. Thomas. That could be scary. They now they say it's a long shot. The the Chiefs are saying it it's it's a big long shot, but Earl Thomas, the Chiefs are looking at him, they want him. Um do you think that 
the Chiefs have a shot at getting Earl Thomas. And do you think that the Seahawks would be willing to part ways with Earl Thomas? I think the Seahawks would be willing to part ways. They know that they're in a rebuilding phase, so they, they can get something out of him right now. And they have, I don't think they really have the funds to really re-sign him anyway. Um, but I'm not, I'm not sure where the Chiefs stand either as far as the salary cap perspective. But that signing could be huge for this Kansas City team that is still on the rise and still surprising people every week. Now, Earl Thomas is in a contract here. Um, obviously, he had a holdout. He returned to his team. He said, you know what, I, I made an obligation. I'm going to come play for my team. And he, he showed up this year. Um, he wants an extension. I don't know that the Seahawks are going to give it to him. Um, so, Earl Thomas, say he goes to the Kansas City Chiefs. Does that instantly make the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl contenders? Oh, it's a big stretch. It also depends on, where, on what your opinion on the Kansas City Chiefs is currently without Earl Thomas, because um, because Patrick Mahomes is surprising the world right now. Yep, Patrick I, Mahomes I think, terrifying. Uh, I think Earl Thomas going to the Chiefs makes them a very dangerous team and potentially the uh, favorite for the AFC. Now here's here's what I'll th- I'll tell you. So 2019, say uh, they they do extend Earl Thomas at 30 years old, or is, is Earl Thomas's age at that point in time. The Seahawks by next year will have $62 million in cap space. So they do have the cap space to sign him on board. Um, I, I mean, but at the same time, at his age, um, do, do the Seahawks just go? I mean, everybody hears the word rebuild, and suddenly everybody goes in this crazed panic like the building's on fire. Do you, do you take earl thomas and re-sign him to that deal in spite of the fact that you're in a rebuild or do you just let him walk and rebuild the team and from scratch and go from there i think you let him walk and rebuild from scratch i think that's, I think that's the point this team is at yeah now the chiefs do have 47 million dollars in cap room for next year they have six million dollars in cap space right now so i don't know that the chiefs would be able to get a hold of him um, because he is due eight million dollars so they'd have to do a little bit of trimming in the roster but ultimately, I mean, if they wanted to sign him to extent, an extension, they could, and they could get away with it. So um, that is something to think about. I mean, we have to bear in mind Tyreek Hill is a guy that they're going to have to be resigning to an extension coming up here pretty soon too. So uh, we gotta we got to remember that. Um, now, also looking at trades, the New York Jets, talking about Le'Veon Bell, on a scale of 1 to 10, do the New York Jets, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how badly do the New York Jets need a player like Le'Veon Bell? I think they need a lot more than Le'Veon Bell. I I agree. But Le'Veon Bell could be the start to fix their team, and they have their quarterback. I mean, it, it, it could be a good move. I mean, they're, they're a team that's on the rise. It's, it's definitely a team that could go for somebody like Bell. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the big thing about, about Le'Veon, the, the big thing for him is he's always had the benefit of a great offensive line over there in Pittsburgh. And, and I think that that's a big thing for Le'Veon. But at this point in time, I think Le'Veon Bell, if he goes to the Jets, I mean, is he, is he really going to pan out? Is he going to pan out the way that, that we believe? I don't think Le'Veon pans out. I think he does. Le'Veon Bell is the, is the best back in this league. I, I think, he, I think he's, he might struggle to uh, find his footing at first, but I think Le'Veon Bell is going to be just fine no matter where he goes. Even with no offensive line. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's bold. That's bold. I, I mean, I, I like Le'Veon Bell as much as the next guy, but I think he, he's going to need that, that Pittsburgh Steelers-style offensive line to keep him going. I, I Do I think he, he becomes a 1,000-yard rusher again? Yeah, sure. I mean, he'll do that. 
But is he going to be that elite guy where you're saying Le'Veon Bell is the man? I don't know about all that. I, I have questions. I support Le'Veon Bell. I, I'm, I'm surprised because you're you're a Raven. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, so on a scale of 1 to 10, how do you think how, – how much of a shot do you think the New York football Jets have of getting Le'Veon Bell and extending him to a longer contract? I'm going to say 6. A 6? That's high. Um, because Jets have the cap room. Jets can get the job done. Jets um, went into the season with one of the, the most cap rooms still available. Um, Jets are a team that I could really see Bell going to, and Bell's obviously going to travel with the money, which he's kind of a scumbag for that. But uh, um, he's not going to be a stealer. He's going to be on the road. I, I, I think Jets have a pretty good shot at getting him. Now, current cap space for the Jets—they've got sixteen million dollars in cap space. So we're—they—they we're, they don't they'll have enough to supply his current contract. But going into 2019, here's here's a number that's going to blow your mind. You ready for this? Yep. The New York Football Jets will have 107 million dollars in available cap space moving into next year. Like I said, that's where Bell's going to go because he can exploit them for more for more money than any other team's going to give him. <clears throat> that's insanity. Uh, 107 million. Um, that's that's craziness. That's that. I mean, you could ima- could you imagine what the New York Jets will do with that kind of money? And with, the, with the Browns, they they're in a very similar situation this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- this is going to be a wild one for the New York Jets. So, 107 million dollars going into next year. New York Jets talking about trying to get Le'Veon Bell. Um, last but not least, injury wise, uh, the Falcon safety Ricardo Allen down with a torn Achilles. Um, he'll be out for the rest of the season. How badly does this damage that? Um, Atlanta Falcons defense. I think it hurts. I mean, their defense already isn't great, and they're already having to put up a shit ton of points to in games. It's just going to put more pressure on the offense, and that could hurt the Falcons in the long run. Yeah, I think I think Allen is is a game changer for them. Um, he's on IR. They they uh, wound up uh, basically signing Bruce Carter and Sherrod Neesman um, to to their defense to try and and uh, fix up some stuff and kind of play a little patchwork here. But uh, Ricardo Allen, I mean. Guy's young, twenty six years old, torn Achilles. He's gonna, he'll bounce back from it. But, whew, I mean, uh, we're 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 getting into uh, pretty tough territory defensively for the, for the Falcons. They haven't had a great defense in a long time, um, outside of guys like Desmond Trufant. So, I mean, um, now Tyler, it's time for our. Well, I got two more things. For you. you got two more things. What do you got? Two more things for you. Three and zero, and three teams. Ooh. All right, Scott. Um, Miami Dolphins, three and zero. You you buy it. I'm selling it. I'm selling it. The, the Miami Dolphins, and here's what, what I'll say about the Dolphins. Look at the caliber of team they've taken on. The Miami Dolphins, they, they took on the, the, the Tennessee Titans, they took on the New York Jets, and they took on the Oakland Raiders. Garbage, garbage, garbage. I'm with you on this. I think their schedule's been probably the most favorable in the league so far this year. I believe they begin to falter. I mean, but I, I mean, in those games, still, I'm going to say the Miami Dolphins haven't looked good. They, they haven't um, looked bad. I mean, but you got to think about, like, I mean, this is a Raiders team without Khalil Mack. This is a, a New York Jets team that really has no defense. This is a Tennessee Titans team that really has no defense. And really, they only managed to beat the Titans by seven. They only managed to beat the Jets by eight. They only managed to beat the Raiders by eight. And now they're probably going to go in there and they're going to kick the snot out of the Patriots, a, a depleted Patriots team. I think their first challenge really comes in, in week five when they go up against the, the Cincinnati Bengals. 
Now, Patriots aren't as depleted as you think they are. They, they, they have a lot of injuries, but it's like four or five. It, that four or five of those players means a lot. Plus, you don't have Judy, Julian Edelman on the field due to suspension. I mean, a depleted Patriots team. I mean, and Tom Brady has no who, – who's his number one receiver? What, Hogan? Yeah. I mean, come on now. So, I, I'm selling them Dolphins, too. I think their schedule is going to be way favorable. I think they'll be in the falter. But – I am going to admit that I was wrong in saying that the Miami Dolphins would be the worst team in this league. I think Miami Dolphins are going to finish second in the division. Woo! Um, I think they're a lot better team than Buffalo and Jets, and <clears throat> I think New England's still going to win the division. Do you think that, that this resurgence from the Buffalo Bills was just a flash in the pan from this past week? Yes. Wow, okay. Well, I mean, it, it, we really have to kind of see what the Buffalo Bills do from here because, I mean, the way they played against the Vikings was was just incredible. Um, I, I want to see what what the Buffalo Bills do. I mean, no, they always say nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. You know, the Buffalo Bills. Um, I was so impressed with them this week. I want to see if they can duplicate that success that they had against Minneapolis. But but ultimately, I think I'm selling on the uh, the Miami Dolphins here. Just keep in mind, uh, Bills point um, differential is still negative thirty four even after that, that game against Minnesota. Ouch. Okay, Texans zero three. What would you take here? I'm going to buy on the Texans. I believe buy isn't saying you that is in they're going to get better. Okay. Um, I think I think the Texans are going to get better. I think um, the the Texans have gotten off to an uncharacteristically bad start. Um, they, they lost the one to the Patriots that they shouldn't have lost. They lost to the Titans by a field goal. They lost to the Giants by five. I mean these are these are games that they're losing, but they're narrowly losing. And that's that's what's kind of getting me is they are narrowly losing games by last minute things that are happening. I, honestly, I think the the Texans are going to come out and they they're going to get it together this week against the Colts. They're going to get it together. They're going to get their first win, and then they're going to come out and they're going to beat the hell out of the Cowboys too. Remember when I said that uh, I agree that um, Deshaun Watson is going is a great quarterback and he's going to be a great quarterback this year. Yep. But um. Even though I agree, I said that um, he was this way last year, but in all his games, they were still losing games. Mm-hmm. This is the same Houston. That that same Houston team is continuing to this year. And I, I I I think zero three is harsh, but I I think they're right around. They're going to be there. They're not going to be a great great football team this year. I I don't think they're going to be great, but I think they're going to win football games. They're going to come out and and they're going to come out swinging. I I think the Texans. Kind of make them make a little bit of a comeback here. I don't think they're going to be sitting on the 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 bottom of that division. I don't think they're going to be sitting on the division's underside like you think. Oh no, underside of Tennessee's going to fall is going to falter and they're going to be down there. Yeah, and they're I'm surprised they're leading the division right now. Yeah, that's a mess right there. Which could be a lot to say about Jacksonville's offense. Yeah, okay. I mean it could be Jacksonville really hasn't had much of an offense out of one week uh, other than one week of production out of Bortles. Three and O Chiefs. Three and O Chiefs. I'm buying this. I'm buying it. I, I am too. Mahomes is balling it out. He has the offensive support to help him with Hunt and Kelsey and uh, Tyreek Hill. This offense is on fire. I'll take it a bit further. A further. I, I believe that the Kansas City Chiefs are the number one seed in the AFC playoffs. That's bold. That's bold. I, I think at this point, watching how Mahomes has played and watching how this team has come out and played ball, I believe the Kansas City Chiefs, number one seed, AFC. You watch. It's going to happen. And three weeks ago, we had them both. We both had them missing the playoffs. Yep, we did. We had them missing the playoffs and riding the bottom of the division. Oakland Raiders zero three. 
Uh, the Oakland Raiders 0-3. I am going to sell on the Raiders. I don't think that they have enough defensive power. And we, we heard some of the players talk about this, that the offense would have to do so much work to keep up for what the offense is going to lack. And you're seeing that. This, this offense can't keep up and can't keep, the, keep uh, them, themselves afloat because the defense is severely lackluster. I, I agree. The Oakland Raiders are going to struggle hard this year. Yep. No defense. Um, the offense, you know, it, really the offense has to put up big points, and they don't have the ability to put up big points right now. And, and there's a, a serious running game issue there. Carr hasn't looked like that MVP guy we saw two years ago. I, I mean, right now, I, I'm not buying the Raiders. Absolutely not. Arizona Cardinals 0-3. Josh Rosen will turn this team around. I disagree. I, I think this team's going to continue to falter. I think Josh Rosen is going to start firing that football. We're going to see the Josh Rosen we were expecting to see. I hear this guy is a, a, a team leader. Um, I think Josh Rosen trots onto that field. He's going to have sufficient time. He's going to have 60 minutes. And Josh Rosen's going to play ball like Josh Rosen can. I, I believe in Josh Rosen. I believed in him from the get. I, I I think the Arizona Cardinals, they're, they're going to show you a little something-something um, before the end of the season. I disagree. I think they're going to they're be one of the, the worst teams in this league this year. I, I think they finished middle of the road. Now I have to ask, because we're talking about 3-0s and 0-3s. Mm -hmm. L.A. Rams, 3-0. I'm buying it. Bye, bye, bye. Buy it, buying it. Number one team in the NFC. Super Bowl champions. It's going to take a lot for me to not feel this way. They're they're the best team in football right now. Hundred percent. They're the best team in football. Um, there's there's really nobody that can stop the Rams right now. Um, I look at the Rams and I see a team that's going to the Super Bowl this year. The 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 last time we felt um this way about a team going to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl was when we were talking about the New Orleans Saints, and and everybody was saying the Saints are winning the bowl. Um, we, we heard it before the season even started when the Saints won the bowl in, in what, 2009? Um, and uh, I, this, the last time we heard that was then. Here we are nine years later, and I'm over here going, the Rams are winning the bowl. Um, I thought the Vikings would, would take it, but with the Vi way the Vikings are playing, nah, I don't think so. I, I think the Vikings are, are probably going to see their way out of the playoffs. Um, but but the, Rams, the Rams are the real deal. I got one more article for, for you before we go to our predictions. Okay. I'm going to give you a vague description of, of what each 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 uh, line item is, and you got to say if you agree or disagree, then I'll give you the whole thing. Okay. So you're kind of just kind of going in blind. Okay. Um, it, it, the article is unpopular opinions. Oh boy. Um, the first one's on the Chiefs, and this per they gave a uh, this is a positive review of, of the Chiefs. So you so you without knowing much, you do you agree or disagree with what they say? I agree. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs might be the most exciting thing about the NFL this season. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty uh, powerful. I mean, I, I think that's true, though. I mean, their offense is one of the most exciting things to watch. It, it's definitely top five most exciting. I mean, the Rams are up there, and Chiefs for sure. Yeah, I think I, I think I think you're talking. The, those are the two most exciting teams. Yeah, and I think I think the I mean the Kansas City Chiefs Chiefs may very well be the team that's the most exciting. I mean, six touchdowns one week. I mean, we see Tyreek Hill running all over the place. I kind of like that. Next one's on the Rams. This is a positive for the Rams. Uh, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna agree with it. The Rams are the most complete team since the 07 Patriots. I agree with that. 
I do too. That defensively, they're out of this world. Golf is playing exactly how he needs to to get the keep this offense moving. They have the best running back on the team, and Gurley. Robert Woods is is playing is playing out of his mind. Cooper Cup is a guy I like. Cooper Cup's underrated. Yeah, I mean, th- this team, this entire team is a rock solid. I like this team. I, I believe that the the Rams are. I mean, I agree. They're the most complete team in football right now, hands down. Best team in football. But the most complete team over the last 11 years? I still think so. I think they are. How many many years over the last 10 years can you say through three weeks that there's one team that's outshining everybody in in a clear Super Bowl favorite? I I can't. It it doesn't happen. It it doesn't. I mean, the 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 only other team that I can I and you know I wouldn't even say that the Saints are are were a complete team because they needed a lot of work on defense that that Super Bowl year. So so really, I I don't know. I'm I, I'm baffled that that I I'm trying to think of a team that's complete. And I'm like, no, oh, no, I I can't think of one. And keep in mind, you know you you, you know what New England's record was in 07. Mm-hmm. Oh, was that the undefeated year? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Which we did talk about during our predictions. Yep, we could do. Could be an undefeated team. All right, last one. Miami Dolphins, and this is a positive review. Mm. You going to agree or disagree? I'm going to disagree with it. The Dolphins are not a fluke. I'm with you. I disagree on this. No, I, I, I don't we, think. We, we just talked about this. The schedule hasn't been uh, been very tough. I think uh, I need to see another two, three weeks to, re- to, to really convince me that, that this team's going to be very good. I think the Dolphins are, are definitely a fluke, and, and it, I find the fact that they've been they're 3-0 and right now to be actually a little frustrating. It's a little frustrating just to see, to see this team 3-0 and and leading a division when they, they took on a bunch of peewee squads. It's, it's just annoying to me. Yeah, I'm not going to have you do this last one because we kind of already talked about it, and it says the Chiefs should trade for Earl Thomas. Absolutely. If the Chiefs trade for Earl Thomas – you can book your ticket to the Super Bowl to watch the Chiefs. Chiefs and the Rams, absolutely. You don't. You don't have a. Uh, you don't have a choice at that point. You're you're watching the Chiefs and the Rams. The rest of it's just academic. Yeah, that, that just uh, that's the that's the piece the Chiefs need need. Uh, no, you get Earl Thomas. No, they're not as a complete of a team as the Rams. Not by a long shot. No, because the Rams have a complete defense. But Earl Thomas would be a big boost for this defense to to uh, to to bail Mahomes and offense out a little bit more. Yes. It's prediction time. Oh boy, it is time for predictions. And after a bad week, I'm only up by one. Yeah, yeah, that's exciting. It's really exciting. So, um, predictions coming up week four in the NFL, Tyler. Game one. Tomorrow night, Vikings and Rams. I'm going Rams. 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 I, I think the Vikings' offensive line is just in shambles. I think the Vikings are still feeling the effects of Sunday. There's going to be a little hangover there. They're, they're going to need to, to figure something out. I, I I highly doubt they're going to beat the Rams this week. You, you could give me a Hall of Fame team on their prime. I still might consider picking the Rams. Yeah, this this week is just the, – the Rams are just nasty, nasty, nasty. Um, next up, Texans and Colts. Ooh. That's a toughie. I'm going with the Houston Texans to come back and, and finally get their first win of the year. Really? Yes, I am. I'm going the home team. I'm going the Colts. I'm going Colts. All right. I'm going to go with the Texans. I think they're going to get their first win. Uh, this Sunday, Bills and the Packers. 
which has a lot to do and and where you believe each of these teams are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Packers. I'm going Bills. I think the Bills. Wow. I think the Bills have a hot streak going right now. I think the Packers. They they haven't shown that they're the same Green Bay Packers. I'm going with the Bills on this one. Bills at Lambeau. Wow. Mm-hmm. The Bills. They're a different Bills team than we saw in Week One and Two, and I think Josh Allen is is the reason for that. Now, uh, next up, Bucks and Bears Sunday at night. Uh, Sunday at one o'clock. So what I have noticed is the Buccaneers' defense has been atrocious, in my opinion. They've been very bad. Every team they faced has has um it's forced Fitzpatrick to have to ball out because their team also balls out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going the Bears. You're going Bears. I'm going to go Bucks. I think I think Fitzpatrick outscores um Trubisky here. I, I think it's it, the Bears' defense is strong. But I think the Buccaneers have a really strong um, offensive line. I'm, I'm going Fitzpatrick and the Bucs here. I, I, I believe in Fitzpatrick. We're going to see a little bit of that Fitz magic. He's going to come out strong. Um, next up, Dolphins and Pats. That's another tough one. Mm, I'm not betting on Brady uh, losing three straight. I'm going Patriots. I'm, I'm going Dolphins. I'm That's going Dolphins. Four straight different games. Yep, I'm going, I'm going Dolphins. I, I think that the, the Miami Dolphins – are um, they, they're benefiting from an easy schedule. Brady's probably pissed, but there's not much Brady can do. I think the Dolphins take this one. Um, Lions and the Cowboys. Lions. I'm going Lions as well. Um, Stafford is just the, the Lions found their groove. Stella got her Stella got her groove back here. I, I think the Lions is go, are going to come out and and really hammer on the Cowboys. Um, the Cowboys. They they don't have much offense. I think the Lions. They'll actually. I think the Lions secondary actually picks them apart this time. Um, Bengals and Falcons. Falcons. Um, I am going to go with the Falcons as well. I think the Falcons offense is going to come out firing on this one on all cylinders. Um, Matty Ice is not happy about that loss to New Orleans. He's going to come out and hammer them. Uh, Jets and Jags. I'm going Jags. I'm going Jags, and, and not because I trust the offense, because I think the defense is going to uh, um, rock Darnold. Yeah, I think they're going to have a field day with him. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Jags on this one. Um, next up, we got the Eagles and the Titans. Kind of an interesting one, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, Eagles. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Eagles. Um, I... I, I I think the Titans have a shot. I don't think the Eagles are the same Super Bowl team we saw last year. Not by a long shot, but um, I, I think the Titans have a, have a shot, but I'm going Eagles. Um, next up, Browns and the Raiders. I'm going with the Cleveland Browns. I'm going with the Browns. I believe that they're going to be able to stomp out that Raiders team. I think uh, Baker Mayfield just has a field day with that Raiders defense. I'm going Browns. It sucks because I'm a card-carrying member of the Derek Carr fan club. Yep. But I don't trust this defense. I don't. I'm I'm going the Browns. Yeah, I think the Browns get their second win of the year. It's a a scary thought, isn't it? Very scary. Yeah, we're going to go sprinkle rock salt on all the places where hell just froze over. Um, up next, we got the Seahawks and the cards. Um, I think Rosen comes out firing. Uh, I'm going cards. I'm going cards on this one. I, I think Rosen gets his first win of the year. I think he, he gives that, the Cardinals that little oomph. 
I'm going to go Seahawks. All right. Now, next up, I mean, this one's kind of a no-brainer. Saints and the Giants. Saints. Yep, I'm going Saints. Uh, Drew Brees is just going to tee off on the Giants this time around. And I, I the Saints defense hasn't been very good, but I, I think they'll be able to handle uh, that mouth breather, Eli Manning. Pretty quickly. Um, moving on, the 49ers and the Chargers. A week ago, this would have been tough for me. Yeah, a week ago, this would have been tough, but I'm going Chargers. I'm also going Chargers. Yeah, the um, Jimmy G injury just kind of uh, speaks volumes on this one. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be all Chargers all day. Uh, the Ravens and the Steelers. Um, I'm going Baltimore. I, I like the Steelers. I, li- I think both these teams are very, very good. I, I'm going. I'm going to go Baltimore, though. I think they're going to top out the uh, Steelers on this one. This is my game of the week, by the way. No, your game of the week, really. Sunday night football. I mean, no matter which team you root for, everyone knows what happens when it's Ravens Steelers week. It's it's uh, prime time Sunday night football. These games. Are just, uh, I got you. I was just going to turn this on, but then there was a stupid advertisement. Oh, Yes, you are. My my bias is There you go. Okay. Well, he went he went Ravens. So, um, and last but not least, Monday Night Football, Chiefs and the Broncos. I'm going Chiefs all I'm day. Chiefs. Chiefs all day on that one. Uh, I don't think that even. Uh, I don't think that's even a question. So with that, Tyler, episode 13 in the books, man, and we finished early. Yeah, we started early. Yeah, we started early. We finished early. It was kind of nice, and we got to eat some good pizza. Who, who doesn't yeah, love that? Good. It was some good pizza. So. Uh, Tyler, thank you so much for a wonderful, wonderful time. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Outside Blitz. A quick shout-out to our executive producer, Jordan J. Scavone, the uh, very gorgeous Jordan Scavone. Thank you for uh, writing your awesome children's books, Be Might E and The uh, Mud Princess. Um, you can get those on Amazon. Um, and if you're uh, nice enough, I'll, I'll have Jordan autographed for you. If you're, if you're nice enough. No, you should probably ask me. I'll, I'll have Jordan. <laughs> and uh, special thanks to our sponsor, It's Your Time Massage. Don't forget to get your massage with Amanda over at It's Your Time Massage. It is your time to relax. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Outside Blitz. We will see you next week. Uh, Tyler, you excited to, for next week on Tob? It depends how Sunday night goes. Uh, well, we will see you guys next week. Don't forget to tune in. If the Ravens lose, we're canceling. Uh, no, no. But don't forget to tune in. The Outside Blitz, we, we love you folks. Thank you so much. Have a great night. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz. And be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz. And feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com. <laughs>